Are you ready to change your life, your mind, and change the way you see your world? Well, this is the Minds Gym Podcast with myself, Brandon Bickmore, your turbo lover. And here we go. Brandon Bickmore, your turbo lover. This is the Minds Gym Podcast. Uh, we're back again here to share some uh, neat stories and hopefully assist in changing some lives and hopefully uh, change the way you see your world. Try to create some more peace and love on this planet. Uh, I suffered from severe anxiety and depression for several years recently and hope by sharing my story and other stories that uh, it's going to benefit you a little bit want to sincerely thank you for your support and and uh, listening to the podcast and please post comments and likes in the appropriate sections and uh, I truly rely on your support and feedback to uh, keep this podcast rolling um, I'm here with a good buddy today uh, mm-hmm. my brother Michael Banks I want to thank him for showing up and uh, having the courage to speak w- with me today and I'm excited to have Michael on the show he's a buddy of mine. We both go to the Treehouse in Draper. He's a trainer. Uh, owns a company called Body by Banks. Um, he's a fitness guru. This guy's uh, <laughs> he's been around the block a little bit. Just uh, a little bit. He's uh, got all sorts of uh, accolades that, uh, that uh, he's probably going to share a few of his experiences with us. Um, but, uh, this guy knows the body. If, if there's anybody around here that knows the body, this guy does. He's been involved. It looks like on the Olympic, uh, uh, United States Olympic committee, um, chief designer for the village training facility. Um, he was asked to serve the world's, uh, athletes at the Olympic fitness facility as an advisor in the 2002 winter Olympics in Salt Lake City, Utah. And, uh, he, uh, set the Guinness World Record for the largest Facebook live fitness boot camp, which maybe we'll uh, uh, discuss that a little bit today. Uh, And uh, his talents are uh, evident in his remarkable results that thousands of Body by Banks clients have achieved. Uh, He's been in, uh, got a DVD, uh, WebMD, CEO magazine. He's been featured in Fox, Fox News corporate wellness uh, program that uh, he runs, fitness camps and products and programs that are suitable for all uh, ages and fitness levels. And so um, Michael Banks is going to share some uh, neat stuff with us today. So uh, another thing, too, we've had some feedback and comments about how to improve the podcast. Uh, I'm doing my best. We'll hopefully have some music and intro and an outro coming up. Uh couple people have mentioned uh, my voice needs to be a little bit more exciting. Uh, <laughs> just so you know, uh, I'm a pretty calm, laid-back dude, uh, listeners, and uh, I have a hard time getting really excited about a whole lot of stuff. I like to keep uh, 
nice even kill. I like to, you know, be content at all times. If you get too high or too low, I know there's usually a an opposite that follows that. So I do my best to, to keep an even kill, and I'm a pretty chill human being. So my voice comes across that way, but uh, I'm trying to step it up a little bit here so we can make this podcast more exciting. So anyways, uh, now we're going to let Michael share some information uh, with us. Tell us a little bit, Michael, about uh, maybe your name, if you want to share your age, city, state, where you grew up, and then how you arrived in uh, Salt Utah. Lake City, Utah. Yeah. Well, hey, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, I want to applaud you for taking a leap. And so um, congratulations on that. And I love the name, the Mind Gym. Thanks. You know, yeah. I spent a lot of time in the gym, <laughs> as you know. Yeah. And so, again, I applaud you for doing this. Um, second of all, you said something earlier. Uh, your energy is a calm energy. Well, we're going to be competing because mine is extremely high. <laughs> so as you as you actually try to, you know, get my energy, I'm trying to calm down. Yeah. And so uh, I, I would um, ask for permission for your listening audience right now. If I get a little excited, I'll slow down and, and speak because I get excited about life. Life is just um, it's amazing. Michael Banks is my name. I name my company is called Body by Banks. I come from a family of nine siblings. Um, I'm originally from outside Chicago, a place called Joliet, Illinois. And so what brought me to Utah was um, an opportunity to go to school here. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I, I could recall that I was recruited here uh, by colleges, BYU, Utah State. And so I came here uh, to play ball many years ago. And so... Um, that's what brought me here. Cool. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about your childhood before we get into too much more. Oh, that could take that could take two or three hours. We might be <laughs> here all day. Just briefly tell me about your childhood. You're going, up, you know, where you grew up. Your experience. Uh. Well, I, you know, I like I said earlier, I'm the I'm the middle kid. Um, I think there's nine of us. The last time I counted, there's nine of us. And so, wow. um, I, you know, I grew up with some phenomenal parents. Unfortunately, they're deceased. Um, I was a middle kid, and um, growing up in my household, it was it was fun. It was always every day was an adventure, as you, if you can imagine. Six brothers. Yeah. And so I've always said um, we developed thick skin at a young age because it was competitive, uh, but also very disciplined, um, but fun at the same time. And so. Um, you know, we came from parents that uh, taught us a couple things. <coughs> um, a, how to work. That was critical. My parents came from the South and moved to Chicago. Now, imagine it's back in those days. You didn't have too many people of color, black people, moving from the South to the North. So my mom and dad were married at a young age, um, and they were fierce entrepreneurs. And so um, we grew up experiencing that. You know the old saying, you don't remember what your parents tell you, but you remember what you saw them do. And so um, still today, I'm amazed about how, how my parents did what they did yeah. um, with the big family they had. Sure. But uh, we're all across the country now yeah. um, in different businesses. But um, it was fun. Yeah. But it's funny because when I get together with my siblings now, we... We know we tell the same old story over and over again. You know, it's kind of funny. 
but um, as a young kid, I knew there was something that that was special, and what brought it to my attention was my father. I was a troubled guy when I was young. I was eight, six years old, man. I was in everything you can think of. And I could recall my dad one day, um, we're sitting at the table, and he loves his Folgers coffee, you know? <laughs> Heck yeah. But I recall him saying to me, um, you know, Michael, I don't know what I'm gonna do with you. You know, uh, basically, I was a challenge as a kid. I always had to, if everyone went right, I went left. And so, um, but I, I told this story just a few weeks ago to some people I was spending some time with. They go, I recall the day my dad finally said this. He said, you know, my, mother, my mother's name's Alame, so we're going to go for my little journey here, okay? Love it. So I remember my dad saying to my mother, Alame, Michael's going to be a great man one day. And I looked around, I was thinking, are you talking to me? <laughs> you know, because, again, I was, I was a challenged kid. I was doing things that, you know, growing up with six brothers, every day was a challenge. But I recall him speaking this to me. Um, and after a while, I actually believed it. Because I guess he had said to himself, now mind you, my dad, I think my dad went to the fifth grade. You would never know that if you met him. But I think he had reached a point with me where he said, the only thing that I think is gonna help with this guy, me being the guy Michael, and I don't know if he knew what he was doing. Maybe he did. Let's say he did. But he just started speaking positiveness about me, to me. But every time he was around his friends or even some of my siblings, he would say, Michael will be a good man one day. And I was probably, I don't know, seven or eight years of age. But all of a sudden, um, when he would say this, I started to believe it. And so at a young age, um, it, it helped me turn around. I was you know, better in school well-behaved, uh, doing chores around the house. But I was watched, <laughs> you know. But uh, when he said that, as I've become an adult entrepreneur now, it's funny, about three years ago, I'm driving down the freeway and having this conversation, if you will, um, in my head about how I grew up. And it was really interesting. Um, my father was speaking to my potential at a young age. And as I've grown in business, I have a real high retention with my clientele. But I remember one day asking my clients, why do you stay with me? You've gotten your results, you look amazing. It was interesting to me. But what kept coming back to me was, you're inspiring, you believe in me. And little did I know that my father had reprogram me. In other words, we all grew up with limited beliefs, right? But he was programming me to, to, be, this, to, be, to be this person that he had wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. And then guess what? That carried on to my professional career. Yeah. And so uh, I owe my father that for speaking to my true potential. And if we do this daily, the people, I, when I'm speaking to the audience, I do some speaking as well. I've done a few motivational speaking things around here lately, but I, I, when I speak to an audience, I'll say, when was the last time someone spoke to your true potential? And uh, all th the room was quiet, you know, and I'll say, let me, let me repeat myself. I'm going to slow down. When was the last time that someone spoke to your potential daily? Yeah. And I'll say, I'm going to say it the third time, and they're looking at me going, okay, and they're thinking, and going, I'm going to say this one more time. 
when was the last time that you've been around someone, whether it's your family members or, or at work or whatever, that someone speaks personally to your true potential? Mm. Well, they were shocked by that. Sure. And I said, the, the beauty behind that is that if we would take some time daily, that's what my father did to me. Mm. And so um, it I get emotional thinking about that because he, when he said, Michael will be a good man one day, I was thinking, are you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. Uh, and so that's how that started. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting yeah. what uh, we pick up on as children. Absolutely. You know, I remember my, uh, my dad, this is a story that runs in my family because uh, I've got a story around uh, money. Mm. I was probably 10 or 12 years old, and, and my dad took me to get a, I don't remember the story exactly, but get a sure. new pair of shoes, sure. maybe a, something like that. And I wanted the $50, $60 shoes. This was <laughs> 35 <laughs> years ago, right? My oh, yeah. I remember my dad looked at me, and he said, Kid, <laughs> you better make a lot of money one day. <laughs> And that imprinted in my mind probably more than any other thing that mm. than I can remember wow. as a child. Sure. And uh, and since then, you know, that's kind of been my my goal in life is mm. to be financially successful. Mm-hmm. But boy, it created a lot of you know anxiety and, and stress for me because I said, oh boy, I guess sure. I got to live up to what my dad's expectation was. Absolutely. And man, what I've done to grind for 30 years mm-hmm. to get to that point. Sure. And now that I'm seeing the world with a different set of glasses, I'm realizing the money isn't the key to Absolutely. you know, to this world. Sure. What's key is having a successful mind. Absolutely. And so it's Absolutely. taken me the last three or four years to kind of change gears and go back and revisit my childhood and go, man, why are you so caught up on right. you know, this and this money thing and this person that you think you needed to be and sure. got to impress mom, dad, family, friends, neighbors, and man, you can drop all that impressing and just be you. That's beautiful when you can do that. Yeah, it, it's, it's we, we, we've actually, you know, we, we've been telling ourselves a story all of our lives sure. and we've gotten that story from somewhere. And normally it's the first part is of your parents. Yeah. And, um, you know, you know, if you've heard the saying sticks and stones, don't break my bones. I mean, yeah. words would never well, but I think that's a lie. Yeah. Words are powerful. Yeah. Hit me with a brick any time. That's a one time event. Yeah. yeah. But uh words are yeah. powerful. Yeah. And and I think my father, again, um, with his wisdom, mm-hmm. uh, can you imagine growing up outside Chicago with six boys and and older siblings and uh and he, and he just said to me, uh, my brothers make fun of me when I get together with them. Go, my brother would say, "Man, you, you got in trouble more than anyone in the family. You got your butt spanked more than anyone." Yeah. And I was just curious as a kid. Yeah. I was one of those kids that was I was going to challenge everything. Yeah. And um, I guess when he made that comment to me, uh, my behavior slowly started to change because mm-hmm. I thought about doing. I had I had to think about something before I actually did it. Right, and I recall my dad's voice saying, "Michael would be a good man one day." Mm. I love that. Yeah, good thought, man. No my wonder father. you're so motivated. Yeah. Do yeah. you feel like that's putting any like, uh, like undue pressure on you, like to be able to live up to that expectation of your father when he said, "Hey, you know, you're going to be a great man one day." Have you, have you noticed any like pressure that comes along with that statement? Well, I I think you know. 
he had a lot of sayings, and one of his other sayings is, "Your name is your your visa, your reputation." Mm-hmm. Um, and sure, there had some ex- there's some expectation that came along with that. I mean, my father's word was gold. Yeah, uh, along with my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 I th- I thrived to to do that. And if it's nothing but and if you're really thinking about what does it mean to be a to try to be a good person, it's simple. How about opening a door for someone? How about thinking about someone else before you? Yeah. Um, smiling to people that, you know, I mean, l- you take a look at me. Sometimes yeah. I look pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, um, you know, I think it's added. I wouldn't say it's added pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always at the top of mind. Um, it, it, it is tough always to take the high road. Yeah. It really is. Sometimes sure. I'm a very competitive person. Um, very driven person, and so, but over time, I think now, at, at my my career now and my age now, I've I've actually it, it plays in my in my my subconscious mind all yeah. the time. You know, yeah. just try to do the best you can do. Sure, that's all you can ask for. All you can do. Absolutely. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned words are powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about words for a second. Absolutely. So when you consider words. Um, Words don't mean a whole lot until you put meaning onto them. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Sure. So the words themselves, you know, I often talk to people and, hey, my husband or my spouse said this or my brother said this or, oh, by the way, I'm upset at my sister because Mm -hmm. she told Mm -hmm. me this. Mm -hmm. But those are just words. Mm -hmm. Words mean nothing Mm -hmm. until we put meaning onto them. Mm -hmm. And we all put different meanings onto words. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. words are powerful, Very but they're powerful. not in, until you put a powerful meaning sure. on them. Sure, Absolutely. You know what I mean? I couldn't agree more. So I could say something unkind to you, Michael, mm-hmm. and you could take it and take mm-hmm. it to heart. Mm-hmm. You know, man, that Brandon's a not a very kind dude. Sure. You know, or you can say, ah, he's having a rough day. Mm-hmm. You know, his, his words weren't clear. He's a little confused today. I'm just going to kind of let that roll off my back. That takes time. On. Yes. That's development. That's because that's you know, the key. some words are fighting words, right? Yes. And um, again, that goes. So now we're talking about two scenarios here: words, and again, going back to my father, mm-hmm. Michael will be a good man one day. Yeah. And so there were words when I was thirty or twenty-five years of age that I would come unglued on. Yeah. And I hate this. Well, I don't hate to say this, but it, there are still some words. But I'm still, mm-hmm. again, reminded. Um, to not instantly react to those words. Yeah. And there's sometimes yeah. I do, sometimes I don't. <laughs> so it's it's a it's another it's more of an anchor for me. Sure. Uh, and you said like you said earlier, what you the skin you put around those words takes meaning. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. I couldn't agree. And you can either observe, mm-hmm. you know, like you say, when you react to these words you're talking sure. about that are sure. unkind that still, mm-hmm. you know, have a little bit of mm-hmm. uh, bite to them. You can either be the observer or the reactor. Mm-hmm. So when you react you blow up, mm-hmm. get in that negative state of mind. If you just observe some people sharing mm-hmm. some language that's that mm-hmm. kind and you observe how it's mm-hmm. coming in, mm-hmm. it comes through in a kind of a different, you know. Well, absolutely. You know, one of the things that, you know, since we were talking about as I grew up, real quick, another yeah. quick story. Yeah, go ahead. Now my mom, why we're com- here. my mom comes into play now. Yeah. Okay, because I was a kid, I was made fun of when I was a kid. We all were made fun of, right? And she would say, Michael, is that what you believe? And they go, well, no. Well, so, honey, that you can't allow those things to get to you. 
another one, another her perfect saying to me, and I and I'll be honest with you, I would say the last uh, three years I finally I wouldn't say I've mastered it, I, I'm more conscious of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of me? It's none of my business. And that's something that I had to really focus on because I watched my parents go through this as young entrepreneurs in ch- outside Chicago, um, especially my mother. You know, I'm, I'm definitely my mother's son. <laughs> and so as she was going through these trials, I was going through them as well. I'm sure we all were. Um, but she would always say to me, um, you know, if you give it meaning, you're the weakest man in the room. Now, you can't tell some 20-year-old buff kid that. (laughs) 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 I'm getting ready to take your head off. (laughs) But as I got older, um, and I watched my dad go through that. Sure. I actually watched some people say things to my dad. Yeah. But um, it sure does take a real real man to not react so quick. And I'll be honest with you. I'm not quite there yet. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm working on it. It's a work in progress. It's a work in progress because everything it, is. And I, but I, I'm a lot better than I was yeah. three months ago or five yeah. years ago. Absolutely. But it's the meaning you give it. Yeah. Absolutely. I yeah. can't agree more. Yeah. And the goal is to uh, work on the meaning you give it. Right. Absolutely. There's a there's a lady that I follow, Michael. Her name's Byron Katie. Oh yeah. Uh, she's got seminars in California. I've been to several. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite thoughts that she shares often, and, and I have a group that we meet every two weeks here in uh, Draper or Sandy, Utah, and this comes up all the time, but there's sh- Byron Katie says there's three types of business on this planet. There's God's business, mm-hmm. which is weather, war, death, uh, anything that's you know out of your hands. There's other people's business. That would be your mom, dad, sister, brother, mm-hmm. uh, some of your clients, uh, your enemy, Mm -hmm. uh, anybody other than you, and then there's your business. Mm -hmm. So anytime you're in God's business and you want to change reality for what's happening, you want to change the weather, you know, you want to change that, you know, your mom or dad passed away, you're in God's business. Mm -hmm. If you're in other people's business and you're concerned about what they said about you, what they did, what they're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, my neighbor's over here, you know, screwing up my lawn. I don't know what he's doing. Weed eating like that. You're in his business, right? Right. right. So anytime you're in God's business or other people's business, you've left yourself. That's true. You know, and you also have lost your realm of power because you've given your power to God or you've given your power to this other human being, whether it be a spouse, a mom, a dad, a sibling, neighbor, enemy, somebody that said something unkind. Mm -hmm. Soon as you believe their story, you've lost all your power and you've jumped into their shoes. Mm -hmm. And you've left yourself mm-hmm. and you've hung yourself out to dry. Mm-hmm. So one key thing is if you can stay in your business and just be concerned with you and your own welfare, nothing, everything else is just, you know. Now, now see, my mama taught me that when I was a young kid. That's yeah. exactly what you said. Really? <laughs> yeah, and isn't like that cool? Earlier, my mother, I call I call it mama. My yeah. mind is dear to me. I call, refer to my mother as mama. Again, my mama told me when I was a yeah. kid. She goes, honey, um, I would like for you one day to get to a point in your life where it's not your business yeah. what they think of you. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, you, uh, my mother must be behind your shoulder whispering you're that because yeah. that's exactly what she taught. Now, I'm sure she taught all of us kids that. Sure. You know, but um, 
I, I could recall her telling me that all the time because I was a kid that was, you know, my brothers made fun of me and, uh, you know, but school and so, yeah. but she spent a lot of time with me saying that, yeah. honey, don't, don't, I don't, it's not your business what they think of you. Yeah. What do you think of you? Yeah. You know, so I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. It's so true. I love that. So true. What wisdom your mother had. Oh my goodness. Back in the day, brother. Oh my brother, she's, you know, one of the things that she said to me as I'm looking away now, um, I was probably yeah, five, maybe seven. And she says, um, you're going to laugh at this. She says, honey, <laughs> if you would shower every day. <laughs> 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 you know, and I go, mom, why do I got to shower every day? I just showered it yesterday. But little things like that. But as we got to be adult, you know, adult stained, and she would, you know, my dad, actually my dad passed away. It was buried on my birthday. Again, wow. There's nine siblings, man. I'm sure my mom didn't think he meant. And, uh, but she took the hymns from there. To, and so she actually drove me to Utah when I went to school here. My, my One of my older brothers and, and my mom drove me personally. He from Utah. Wow. Can you imagine taking a black kid from sh- outside Chicago, Joliet, driving him to E from Utah? No. And, I, you know, I woke up the next day because we got in town, obviously, late at night. And I woke up and... Uh, my mom and brother stayed over, and they ended up leaving. And um, I, I could recall on a payphone, right? There were no cell phones back in those days. Yeah, that was the olden days. Oh man! <laughs> mom, I told my mom, "Mom, there's not even a a McDonald's here." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. And so, um, yeah. yeah. So the things she taught me, you know, I mean, it's a lot because she took over as an adult, Michael. Oh man. Um, she was passionate about what she did, mm. focused yeah. about what she did, um, deliberate. Yeah. Um, but more than anything, you know, she would talk to me or all of us about chasing your dream. You know, one of her favorite sayings, actually, at, at her funeral three years ago, I think. Yeah, three years ago now, she's been dead. But at her funeral, everyone quoted what she would say, you know. Aim for the stars. Yeah, she said. That, I mean, that's not her saying, but she yeah. she adopted that, right? But uh, she believed that whatever you think you want to do, do it. Yeah. And she was 16, I think, when she met my father, and she told my father, um, if I get the story correct, I'm sure my sibling's going to correct me on this, but I think it was somewhere like if we marry, I moving, we're moving to the north. Because she wanted to open up, a, she wanted to be a cosmetologist, hmm. and so, you know, um, and it's not necessarily what she said; it's how she lived. Yeah, I mean, she was she was a uh, a maverick yeah. in every way. Cool. Um, so she had businesses. Um, she had her TV show at one time, believe it or not. So she was she was our Oprah before wow. Oprah. Really? Oh, absolutely, without a doubt, without wow. a doubt. Um, so back in the days in black and white, the yeah. console t- you're probably too young for that, are you? The no. console TV. Yeah. <laughs> but no, my mother was a trendsetter. Wow. Uh, when it comes to fashion, um, cosmetology, but she yeah. was definitely a trendsetter when it came to that. Yeah. And she was known. Wow. And so, uh, you know, I can sit here and think of several things, but it one thing I can tell you is, is we learned by what she did. Yeah. She challenged everything. Yeah. Um, and the boys could do no wrong. Cool. But when we did, 
when yeah. she corrected us, it was behind the scenes. And basically, she would say, hey, come on. You're better than that. Yeah. You're better than that. And sometimes a kind word like that from your mother would break you. Michael, you're better than that. Come on. Get back up. Um, you know, when 2008 hit, worst time in the country, and, and we I was calling because I was in business, and she says, honey, you got this. Repackage, refocus, serve like you've never served, smile like you've never smiled. My, your dad and I went to the depression. And so um, you got this. When I was trying to play pro ball, I, I mean, I wasn't a big college player at all. I, I had great speed. I, got, I had a little deal to go to Cincinnati Bengals, and I, and I was on the phone with my mother every night. Mm. And she was uh, basically reassuring me that, hey, you could do this. And so my mother and I are very, very close. Mm. Uh, and my brothers would probably say I was a favorite. But they would, you know, but yeah, we were very close. But she was a uh, powerful, powerful yeah. woman. She sounds like a, yeah. uh, she could have written a book on parenting. She did a hell of a job. I think, yeah, wow. they both did. They both did. But I think my mother was more, um, I was an entrepreneur. Yeah. My dad was as well. But. As we became older, again, my, my mother kind of took over from there, and she was all about, uh, you know, back in those days, my dad would say, you know, you got to have a skill set, you know, which was a degree or not, but education was big in her family. But um, but she was more of the person that said, hey, whatever you chase, chase it. Mm. And by the way, um, working for someone else is okay, but create something that you love doing. Yeah. And so she wasn't one that said, you know, go be a doctor. If that's what you want to do, fine. But she was a driver. Again, both my parents were. But yeah. as I got older, my mother was a person that kind of, mm. you know, taught us that. How long ago did your dad pass? You said your mom passed oh, wow. three years well, ago. My dad passed, like, well, I was only 18, 19 when he passed away. That's why she took you to college. Oh, right? yeah. My dad was. Because your dad yeah, passed he was away. Gone by then. So, yeah. um, and I remember when I came to college, that was fairly new, you know, when that happened to my father. That was a tough time. I was close to my dad as well. And so leaving the household that young, coming out to E from Utah. <laughs> why That's a whole nother show, brother. Why E from Utah? Well, I went to Snow Junior College. Back in those days, what they would do is you snow. went to junior college, then you went to, you either went to Utah State or snow and so i went to even i went to snow first snow was always ranked in the top three and you know football Colleges. great school and um i wanted to get some playing time so i i went there that route first and then eventually went to utah state yeah cool um share just a teeny bit about your siblings where are they wow where they live scattered. i have no a brother take all day, but have a brother's developer in houston I have another brother who just stepped into the fitness arena. It's more of a business, you know, for a business family. He has a place in Atlanta. My other brother owns his business. He's a uh, mechanical engineer in Chicago. And I have one brother that's a company guy. He's been at Federal Express for more than 20 years. And so, and oh. so that's what they're all out doing their thing, raising families. And do you have sisters? They're all deceased. Really? Yeah. And so my oldest sister died 10 years ago, I think, and... And so my, then my youngest sister, who's still older than me, she actually took care of my mom prior to her decease. And she died, my oldest, my oldest sister died a year, a year and a half ago. Really? So I've had a lot of, a lot of death in the last wow, few years. Wow, so now. three sisters or I two? There's, well I had three sisters, but, but the one I, did, I never met, she, yeah, she died at when I, was, I wasn't born yet, but oh, two sisters little. are gone. So okay. if you look at my family, 
you know, it's funny. I, I, the dynamics definitely changed. You look at my family. I, I had uh, I had four older siblings and three younger siblings, right? Right. And they're all gone except one. Wow. And God bless his soul. I want him to stay around forever because I do not want to be the oldest guy in the family. Yeah. <laughs> How did your sisters pass? Um, cancer. Both of them? Both of them. Yeah, as, as well as my dad. Really? Yeah. Same type of cancer or different? It's different cancers. Really? Both that, yeah. And so my s- my recently my sister died about about a year year and a half ago. Wow. That was tough. That was unexpected. And so. Um, How long yeah. after di- diagnosis did she pass? You know, it's interesting. The story goes something like this: We, th- I think, my sister knew. We had just experienced my mother's death, which left a big gap in the family. I think she knew, but she was diagnosed on a Thursday. And again, I hope I'm getting the story right. Diagnosed on a Thursday, she passed on Friday night or Saturday. She was gone. Yeah, that quick. It was really shocking. yeah. A day? Two or two days later. Two few days. Yeah. And didn't mention anything. No. To anybody. No. My sister was a caretaker to my mom while she was going through her dementia. My mother died from dementia. Yeah. And so, um and when I got that news that you know, death is a tough thing to deal with, period. Right. But my mother was older, and you yeah. know, not to say that I was prepared for it, but you're more, you're more prepared for it than your s- my sister. Sure. That just that just knocked me on the back there because we were we were close. Wow. Yeah. Tough one. Yep. Tough, tough. Um, so a li- tell me just a teeny bit about. So you went to Snow College, then you went to Utah State University in Logan, Utah. Mm-hmm. Then you received an NFL contract. Tell me how all that transpired. It, it was a free agent thing. Oh, just you know, free it's agent. Really funny. Uh, yeah, I just had a great speed. They flew me out, and I was in camp. I made it to the last cut. That yeah. was it. So, was it. so you didn't play any NFL no, football? No, 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 no. I tell people all the time. I had a little, yeah. a little signing bonus that I, yeah. I'm too embarrassed to mention. Yeah. <laughs> but I went to camp, and uh, I was more of an experiment, if you will. Yeah. Because I had world, I had world class speed in the forty yard dash. Huh. But um, so that was a short lived career. Oh. But uh, that was done. But I, that was my, that was my everything when I was a kid, right? Oh, I'm sure. And so, um, your life's dream, right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, world class speed. How fast was your forty? Four two seven. Nice. Yeah. Wow. You couldn't touch me, buddy. I was gone. Well, what the hell happened? There's a thing called catching the ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they moved me to receiver. I got you. And I'm five nine, and uh, trying to catch a, a softball yeah. is challenging. But. Yeah. Um, it was a short-lived career. I'm glad I would do it over again. I learned so much from that, just from that experience of team. and yeah. uh, it, it paid for my education in school. It got me here. And so it was a vehicle. Um, but it was definitely a passion when I was young. That was my, you know, I, yeah. I dreamed it every day. Cool. So what got you into uh, your current uh, business, Michael? What uh, got you doing Body by Banks? How, how'd you that all come together? You know, it's really, that's an interesting story in itself because I, when I was a kid, as I said, my my dad was starting to say, you're going to be a good man and so on and so forth. I was always moved by speakers. And a real short story, but I, I um, when I graduated from college, I was working for a company called Silo. <laughs> and I, I give the credit to a lady named Carrie at Body Tech. Some people may f- recall her, but um, personal training had just started to hit the mainstream. It wasn't really out there yet, and she 
I was going to her gym working out, and she said, hey, I, I've noticed you come here a lot, and this thing called personal training coming up. Would you be interested? But prior to that, I was working at a place called Holiday Spa. You know, I love fitness. Mm. Um, and so um, she kind of groomed me. I give a lot of my credit to her. She, she, she saw a talent. I told her, no, I want to be a sales manager at Silo. You know, yeah. I want to get the gold watch of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> you know those days. And she challenged me. She says, why don't you take a shot at this? And, and if you don't like it, um, go back. And I said, okay, I did that. And, I, you know, I, I love I doing, for people with doing for people what my dad did for me, to be honest with you, um, in a nutshell. So that's where it started. Start training, um, teaching, working with people. And uh, over time, I got a sense of uh, passion for it. Hmm. And one day... Um, one of my clients said to me, why don't you call yourself Body by Banks? I go, oh, no, <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> you know? She goes, why not? I go, oh, no, no, no. I, you know, when you put your name out there like that, you sure. And she says, try it and see. I think your clients will like it. And back in those days, that's when uh, Body by Jake that came out. You know? Yeah, I remember. And uh, when you come up with a name like that, you know, personal trainings hadn't had their own name yet because it's still fairly new and new in the world here and so i said okay and uh, a couple eyebrows rolled and eyes rolled and said spotty by banks yeah but um that was a another experience for me uh really started behind my brand my name yeah and my father was huge on our name that's just one of the things mm -hmm. he talked about don't don't remember remember your last name and so that's where it came from i start doing that and um i love speaking i love inspiring um, I think the word motivation, spe motivational speaker has kind of been taken out of context because I can't motivate you, I can inspire you. But once you see some type of what I call measurable results, now you're motivated. And so I've always, I, it started from there, I, I love helping people change their lives because again, I go back to my father, what he did for me. But when I use the physical fitness aspect of it, um, it was pretty powerful and I got pretty, pretty good at it. And I fell in love with it. Oh. Yeah. And that's where Body by Banks Body came by from. Banks. Body Boy, by Banks. you got another identity to live up to, buddy. Oh, I do. You got to be a great man, and you got to have a Body by Banks. Well, you know what? I naturally have a Body by Banks. Yeah. <laughs> no matter no, what you do, right? It's, it's, um, it's I, and I do more than the body. You yeah. Know, I, you know, it's just, I've always told people, it's more than just the, the body you're dealing yeah. with. I, I deal with beliefs. My whole deal is dealing with limited beliefs. We all have them. Yeah. And so... Um, I came from the training school of John Banks and Alan May Banks. Yeah. That's my PhD. I love it. Absolutely, man. And so great teachers you had, Absolutely. Michael. They're phenomenal great, teachers. Great teachers. Um, uh, this might be a question that doesn't pertain to you, but uh, uh, if you weren't doing what you're doing, body by Banks and inspiring people, uh, what would be a dream job outside of that? I can't even think that way. I can't think that way. Good. It's like saying if you weren't a male, well, I mean, yeah. no, I mean, that's it's just who I've you had are, plenty right? Of, that's who I am. Well, no, I'm more than that. But I'm saying to you is that I've had plenty of opportunities. And one thing I go back to is I don't chase money. Yeah. I refuse to chase money. I create value and money chase me. I love it. And so, um, you know, I, I've been working with this concept lately, Brandon and um, this thing called I am powerful. Yeah. The last several years, and it's taken me a while to, 
define me. But um, again, going back to why I do what I do, and most of the time you hear people saying, what's your why? That's all great. But I think, in my personal opinion, I am as critical. I'll give you an example how critical it is. When, when Michael Jackson, I think he was the age of 10 or 13, he was being interviewed. And the question was, Michael, do you enjoy music? You know what he said? I haven't heard this. I am music. Oh. I Lovely. am music. Mm. Can you imagine if there is a a place where our kids are going to learn who they are, you yeah. know, and develop yeah. them instead of us saying our kids you're going to be a lawyer or you're going to be this and that, and, th and there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. But who are you? Yeah. And once I define that, I'm here. Yeah. And once I understood that, everything lined up for me. The books I read, the music I listened to, the people I associated with, everything. Yeah. It made it a lot easier for me. Uh, but it goes back to my parents again. Who mm. are you? Who I am? And they didn't really say that, but th that I am is a hard question for most humans to answer. Yeah. Because they usually tell you what they do. You said, Michael, you're motivating. Yeah. I would say, I am inspiration. Right. I am love. We came from love, right? Yeah. We're all birthed out of love. Yeah. So first, I'm loved. Yeah. Then I'm an inspire. Then love I am it. creative. Right. I just happen to dish it up in the fitness arena. Yeah. And once I once I understood that, everything changed. Yeah. The focus was there. The reading material was there. The conversations were there. Everything that went into this between these two ears was there. Mm -hmm. I am. Love it. So what do you do now, Michael? How, what are you doing? You said you kind of made a little transition the last three or four years. What are you doing to take care of Michael? You know, that's a good one. Recently. Uh, you know, I here we go. Another thing is I've actually learned to love Michael. Mm -hmm. Um Let's face it, how many people really truly love themselves? And how I love me is taking care of Michael. Yeah. Um, spending time with me, reading, doing things that I love doing, uh, working on me constantly, yeah. a lot of continuous education, yeah. reading. Um, um, s and more important, what I found out what's been more powerful for me, Brandon, is relationships. At the end of the day, we're here for that. Yeah. Relationships are critical. And I have some of the best relationships in Utah. And people say, Michael, you know, I was like, when I came out here to go to school, I said, I can't wait to leave Utah. Well, guess what? Yeah. Still here. Yeah. Love relationships it. are critical. So yeah. I, I uh, spend time continuing to um, find better ways to inspire myself and people. Um, but also falling in love with me. You can't give up what you don't have. Mm. And so... My family's big. We're scattered all over the country. And so um, um, I spend time just really loving on some Michael, man. Yeah. Uh, I think it's critical that we learn to spend time alone and really understand who we are and, and take yeah. care of us. Yeah. 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 Good for you. Yeah. It's uh, tough for a lot of human beings to learn how to be comfortable alone. Oh, yeah. I think you do a pretty good job of that. And, uh, I'd say Utah's lucky to have you, your energy. Well, thank you. You know, you're a good man. You're always upbeat. Every time I see you, you're smiling. <laughs> Big, beautiful white teeth. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen you upset in 10 years of going to the tree. Well, house. yeah, you, you don't want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I I, um, I have my moments, trust me. Yeah. But um, 
I just truly love life, man. I love life. Yeah. Even though when it's challenging, you know, it's it's uh, challenging times are not here to stay. Yeah. I call it I call it lifting. You call it the mind gym. I, I agree with you 100%. Unless you're under pressure, unless you're stressed, those are good things. Those develop diamonds out of you. Yeah. It hasn't been easy for anyone. Yep. Another one of my fathers, and it's, uh, it's not his saying, by the way, but hey, man, life is not meant to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, I was fighting with my brothers. You know, he did that. He, life wasn't meant to be fair. Yeah. And so these were things, again, I, I, I go back to my parents and thank God I had great parents, but with a big family. Yeah. You know, words are powerful. And um, so the things that are happening here, uh, challenging times, have made me who I am. Mm. Uh, and I, I welcome them. Not all the time, but I need a little break once in a mm. while. I enjoy sure. life. When your brothers were teasing you and picking on you, Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't realize it back then, but they were chiseling you. Absolutely. It's necessary. They won't chisel anymore. They, see how <laughs> tough, <laughs> they were trying to make you a tough oh man. man. Absolutely. It's all part of it, brother. Absolutely. You know so that. what what's your definition of success, Michael? Oh, you know what? I I'm glad you asked that question. My personal definition of success is living the full potential of the gift you've been given. Has nothing to do with money. That it is. Uh, whatever I've been given to do is living it to the fullest. I like it. Yeah. Good man. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to ask you since you're a physical fitness, uh, I'm going to say guru, although I know there's no gurus on this planet, Thank right? You. Thank you. But you're a physical fitness uh, uh, human being that really right. understands the body, right? Well, yes and no. I try to understand the mind first simultaneously, but yes. But yeah, first, well first yeah. and we'll get into the mind. Yeah, yeah. But you you I get the I body, right? I get that. You get the body. So talk a little bit about, uh, since I got you on, I like to discuss nutrition a little bit. What's your thoughts on We've nutrition? We've made it hard, man. We've made it so hard in this country. If we go back to the 70s and 80s, it was the wheat, and it was the counting your calories, and now, and now it's the no sugar. Well, guess what? It's real simple. Sugar. Yeah, sure. Now, it, so I try to keep it simple. I'll say, hey, and I, when I speak, I'll speak, and I'll say, I'll give you some different visuals, if you will. Um, I'll say a cow doesn't drink its own milk. And I'll say, how many people grew up on a farm and raised their hands? Can you tell me why a cow doesn't drink its own milk? Well, the milk was meant for a calf. It goes to 40, 400 pounds. Yeah. So I try to make things fun and simple. Now, I'm not saying, so I'll, I'll give you the science, more f- a fun way of looking at it. Because mm-hmm. I want you to walk away with some takeaways. I'll say, look at a gorilla. They don't eat steaks and burgers. Or they're vegetarians. I'm not trying to push you out of the way. I'm just trying to give you some science. But it's really understanding that uh, eating a quality calories throughout the day. And I can't say enough about hydration. We've kind of missed the boat on that. Do you know most people are chronically dehydrated? Chronically dehydrated. And so I keep it simple. My clients will tell you right now. I'll say, here's what I want you to to work towards, um, uh, but once you s- once they start seeing some type of what I call measurable results, they're motivated and they're off to the races. And so, I keep it simple. I talk about the importance of quality nutrition, yeah, um, um, and consumption is critical as well. Yeah. Most of the time, I deal with either women, especially women, that actually uh, aren't eating enough throughout the day. But it all, when it comes to hydration, we're all chronically dehydrated. Yeah. We live in a desert called Utah. Yeah. 
And so I make it real simple. I, you know, with nutrition, I don't go into too many things because I think it's too much out there. Yeah. I'll say, look, I want you to experience this, understand how you digest food, understand what foods are good for you. And what I recommend may not work for you. For instance, if you don't like chicken, you make the switch there. Yeah. But wi- I keep it real simple. I don't try to go into, I mean, who, who in the hell has time to count calories? Yeah. If you're a functional individual, who, I don't have time for that. Yeah. And so um, it's real simple. It's really, really that simple. And, and yeah. we live in America where everyone makes it hard. And, and, and there's all kind of new science that is coming out. But at the end of the day, it's consumption of good quality yeah. nutrition. So do you prescribe to a particular um, diet? Like, are you into paleo? You into like you said no sugar? Well, I you know well, like sugar what do you moderation. recommend your clients eat? Just well, for you instance, know, when meat? I'm working when I'm working with a client, they're looking for a measurable results in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. I'll say, hey, I want you to over time. My deal is, I, I got to create something with you in 30 days or less, right. or, or I've lost you as a client. Mm-hmm. So I'll say, here's what I want you to do. This is more of a program that's going to get you closer to your goal. Once we reach that goal, we're going to do a maintenance program. Okay. So, for instance, um, people come to me at the end of the day for vanity. Let's just be honest. It's vanity. Of course. They want to get healthy, the but it's vanity. Yeah. And so when you're, when you're taking people off sugar, they start to see the inflammation gone in their face. They're, they're getting compliments. Their energy's up. Their bloatiness is gone. That's what's motivating to them. Yeah. Um, I'll say to them, we can get there in s- close to your goal in 30 days or six months. Which one do you want? Yeah. Obviously, they're going to say 30 days. <laughs> 30 days. Well, well th- there's sacrifice to that. Yeah. But it's not as bad as you think it is. And I'll say to them, I'm probably one of the only few fitness professionals that will say this. Brandon, you will fail in this program. Mm-hmm. Failure is part of the process. And failure is part of success. Sure. There is a way to fail. Here's a rule of failing. What happens when we fail in anything? Um we dramatize it. We announce to all of our friends as though it's some type of badge. And I'll say, here's what happens. Am I 100%? No, I'm not 100%. But if you're doing a 70% eating program and you're starting to see some measurable success, more than likely you're gonna be successful with it. But again, failure is part of the experience. So I'll say, prepare to fail. And I've had a few people that stuck with it, but if I can have, your, if I can, if I can have you be honest with me, we're going to get to your goals a lot sooner than what we think we are. Yeah. So I'll say right away, prepare to fail, but here's how you're going to fail. Yeah. So it takes a guilt away. Right. That simple. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty decent uh, eater when it comes to being eating quality nutritional food. Mm-hmm. People often ask me, like, you know, what would you do to cut? But my first two things I say is cut sugar and process carbohydrates. There it is. Those simple. are the two biggest things you right. cut out of your diet if you want to improve mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. physique right mm-hmm. and and also so when i you know years ago i remember i was mentoring some trainers a while back and i was saying this is uh, 12 years ago and i was saying s- you have to study a human humans are your product okay um when you understand the way they think we all need several things reinsurance support we all want some type of success, measurable success, um, and we all want we all we, we want to feel like we're something that's challenging. Think about a marathon, a Boston marathon. Do you know most people walk half the marathon, but they want to be associated with the marathon? Right. And so um, you're right. If you can learn to cut out some sugars over time, 
that hydration will help you with that. The key is how do I change your palate? That's a hard thing to do. One of the things that's worked well for me, H2O. Yeah. Real simple. Yeah. I know you're a big H2O water guy, so tell me your quick water story. I know you're big on it. How much should you consume? Well, rule of thumb is that there's all kind of Typically. one of the things is, is half your body weight in ounces of water a day. Uh-huh. That's to be active, to be alert. Yeah. Um, but again, when you're training and you're working out and you live in the desert, that's, you know, some of my clients go beyond that. Yeah. And the first thing I'll say is, Michael, I drink a lot of water. Well, what's define a lot of water? So for the first 30 days, all my clients would text me everything they're eating. That accountability is so critical. Yeah. Um, and it's doable. And yeah. so there we're, we're, we're actually creating some, some trust and risk well amongst each other. But um, once they experience that, that proper amount of water, you could make it throughout the day without having cotton mouth or you mm-hmm. get your water. That's why you know it's what I have behind me. Yeah, yeah. packing your water jug. my water there. Yeah. I need it. Yeah. And so um, water would be great. Yeah. yeah, cool. Cool. Step onto another little... Uh, area of uh, human beings thank you um, relationships critical you got any relationships out there that you uh, um, want to improve with human beings at all oh every day my daughter my brothers my siblings uh, clients but I also have some relationships I've created that I call and they don't know I call them this they're they're mentors yeah they're friends of mine but I've watched how they live their lives yeah. but um, I, I don't think you can ever Stop creating quality relationships. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, also understanding, again, something my mother taught me, uh, there are certain kind of relationships you're creating. You have that inner circle that is critical. But then you have people you, you meet throughout the day and so on and so forth. And so, yeah, I don't think you can ever quit creating great relationships. That's critical. Tell me just a teeny bit about uh, your daughter. How old is she? And, uh, 35. She's amazing. Where does she live? And what's Houston. she up to? Gospel singer. Gospel singer. Yeah, and so her her passion is to sing gospel, and uh, she's a phenomenal singer. Oh. Um, her name is Nakosha Banks. Nice. She's funny, silly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, she's an amazing woman. Does she like her dad woman. at all? There is, you know, I, I give her credit to her mom. She, there are some ways I see of me as well, but between the both of us, I think she's more like her mother. Yeah, uh, but she's a driver as well. But I think uh, my mother had some time to, you know, she grew up. She knew my mother very well before my mother passed away, hmm. and so she had actually two grandmothers still living. Actually, I think she had two grandmothers and one great grandmother, if I can recall. But uh, sweetheart, um, I think that she's like we all are trying to figure life out. Um, we never do. But she's, I'm, I'm proud of her. Mm. I mean, she's an adult woman. Yeah. And we have some of the funniest conversations you can think of. Right now, her kick is, Dad, I need to get in shape. <laughs> I said, all these years, at first she didn't think I can train her. Can you believe that? <laughs> dad, you don't have to work dad. Well, Yeah, I said, all right. And so she called me about a, maybe two months ago. She said, Dad, I, I don't know. I said, well, what don't you know? Will you work with me? That's how much money you have. No, just kidding. But no, she's that's her big challenge right now. Is um, she she didn't grow up that way. She was doing other things, and but now she's focusing on her fitness. And I think it's just out of vanity. But she just yeah. want to be healthy and fit. Cool. Where does she live? Houston, Texas. Houston. Yeah. Neat. 
I like it. Let's talk about religion here a little bit. I think you got a story, Michael, about uh, you moved to Utah in one of your first jobs. Was that in? <laughs> yeah, was, so that's was a that great story. I was in Ephraim, Utah. In Ephraim? Yeah, so when I came out here, you know, I, it's funny, my, my roommate, he's going to love this story. Matter of fact, we say, each other, we say hello to each other via Facebook, but Benny Gould, Benny Gould. And um, I recall coming out here, you're going to love this story, and, and I stayed out for a summer. I didn't go home. I wanted to stay here and focus on school and get in shape for football. And, um, and one of my, my first job was working at the Manti Temple, man. Wow. And my, roo <laughs> my roommate said, wow. I go, what's so big about the Manti Temple? It's just a big old church, you know. And he goes, no, it's bigger than that. And uh, now he was a returned missionary. Or he was either returning or going on a mission. And uh, the first day I, I went to this place, you know, yeah. Ephraim, Utah, and Manti, Utah, and I had long hair at the time. Can you believe that, brother? Wow. And uh, a guy named Mr. Zwick showed me around the Manti Temple. Yeah. And so I think in this pretty neat little place. Yeah. And, and explain to our listeners. You didn't have really any background in the Mormon no, religion, right? No. You, you're you know, just walking in green. Right, very green. And so my, I was telling my mother, why does a coach keep telling me that I'm going to be surrounded by Mormons? She goes, well, it's like being surrounded by Catholics. I said, okay. So I didn't make it a big deal, but my coach was, you know, he would continue to talk about that. So again, I, as you would say, I walked in green, and so I, I walked through this temple. I was met with Mr. Zwick, and he gave me a tour of this facility. Now, this is where they rededicated it in 85. I was there before they rededicated it. So that was, they were doing construction on it. So he walked me through the, the whole temple. I went to the Telestro Kingdom, the Celestial, and I, I remember walking to the third floor. <laughs> and I go, man, what are all these mirrors doing here? Like, what kind of vain person need all these mirrors up here, you know? Yeah. And he explains Celestial, and I, I'm sitting there going, wow. And so as I'm walking downstairs and I went through the winding, the winding stairs and gold leaves, I'm thinking, this place is amazing. So he takes me downstairs. <laughs> I'll never forget this. It caused an, it caused an issue at, in school. <laughs> and there was this baptism pool with golden oxen heads, I think. And I go, what, what is that? He goes, that's where we baptize for the dead. And all I heard was this, buddy. You baptize dead people. Yeah. And so I went back. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't make it to the payphone soon enough <laughs> to call my mom and go, Ma. She goes, what? I go, you will not believe what these Mormon people do. She goes, what? I go, they baptize dead people. She goes, no, they do not. I go, Mom, I'm telling you, they baptize dead people. Yeah. So, Michael, they don't baptize dead people. But Ma, just, the guy just told me. I saw what they do. It's in the basement. The, go the, the gold thing. The whole I saw the whole thing. <laughs> she said, honey, don't. It's not that. I go, yes, it is. So I was convinced that she didn't know what she was talking about because she had never experienced this. I go, yeah. look, I'm here experiencing this, and I saw it. Yeah. So what's funny is my roommate, I came back to my room, and my, my roommate was laying on his back, and he goes, so how was it? I go, oh, man, it was a pretty interesting experience. He goes, dude, do you know that's pretty special to go through? I go, well, I know how special it is, but I know you guys are kind of weird. So what do you mean by that? I said, you baptize dead people. Said, we don't <laughs> baptize dead people, Banks. I go, dude, I'm telling you, that's what the coach, the, I'm not the coach, but that's what Mr. Zwick told me. He said, no, we baptize for the dead. Yeah. But I was convinced yeah. that he said we baptize dead people. Yeah. And man, I, we had a meeting and my roommate and a couple of guys are saying, Banks, we got to get this story right. 
Yeah. yeah, you guys need to get this story right because I'm telling you that's what I heard. Yeah. He said, no, we baptized for death. So that was my story. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a cute it. story. I and I, the it. next day I went, well, the, ne- the next day, but that summer I went to like they held the, uh, the Mormon Miracle Parade, I mean the pageant. The yeah. pageant. And that was pretty phenomenal. But that was an introduction. That was, yeah. you know, threw me right in the fire. Huh? Yeah, I love it. And um, I tell that story a lot. It's, it's kind of funny. But my my roommate kept saying, Michael, you can't say that. Yeah. I go, if you haven't been through the temple, I know more than you know. Yeah. Because he hadn't been through the temple yet. Yeah. I said, no, I'm telling you, buddy. You guys baptized that <laughs> people. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so uh, I, re- I recall talking to my mother. She said, I'm so glad that you learned it. That wasn't correct, honey, because yeah. I could get you some little trouble yeah. out of this. Well, yeah. hey, uh, it was an innocent mistake. So what job? Weren't you going to work at the temple or something? No, I was the construction crew. Oh, Zwick you were doing construction. construction. Yeah, oh, you're working for Zwick? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm working there in the summertime. Cool. And so I got a chance to experience the the, 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 you know, the, uh, the, the pageant temple. you guys have, yeah. the temple, and... Uh, yeah. And um, I got you know I got along with the guys there. It was fun. You got a kid from Joliet, from Chicago. Like I say, Chicago from Joliet. And uh, yeah. of course, there was no one that looked like me there, right? And right. so um, it was an interesting experience. One that uh, I wouldn't trade yeah. for anything because it was my it was my um, introduction, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Tell me a bit uh, about religion. Were you brought up? Very in religion. Yeah, I was grew up. Yeah, I my actually when I was a young kid, you didn't know this about me, Brian. I was studying to be a minister. I wanted to be a minister. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you got a little religious background in your banks. You know, it was funny as I've gotten older. I'm careful with the word religion. Yeah. But I say that for the because I think it's been taken out of completely out of content. My focus is who is Christ, man. Huh. Jesus Christ is real, real, and so um. I came here with a pretty good biblical understanding, if you will, because I was I felt like as a kid that was my calling. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up singing in a gospel group. I was in church two or three nights a week, you know. Grew up Baptist, but um, so when I came here, I was you know I kind of knew knew my way around scripture a little bit. Um, but it's interesting. That's a that's a topic that. It's interesting. Oh, yeah. You can go either way with you. You go for hours on that. Oh, I'll yeah. ask you a couple of questions about it. So, obviously, you you just mentioned uh, Jesus, that he's for real. So, you believe in Jesus, God, two separate beings, same being. You believe in God, I assume? Well, what do you, What's your belief on that? Uh, my belief, this didn't happen by mistake. Yeah. Okay. Uh, whatever you want to call him, but um, I call him God. I call him Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I, yes, he is as real as I'm sitting here, sit, sitting here talking to you. For me. And so, but I'm careful about the word religious because that, that kind of loses. Now we go into denomination, right? Sure. I think if people would focus on who Jesus Christ was and is, you'd be surprised what would happen. And I have a lot of yeah. buddies that are bishops and have buddy, my brothers are ministers. And so I've had this conversation with Catholic, Baptist, LDS, whatever it is. But um, somehow we, we've gotten away from who Jesus Christ is. And he's not a denomination. He's not. A, he's not Baptist, Catholic, LDS. Pro- I mean, that is. <laughs> and so, but I. That's another subject. But um, oh yeah, he's real. Yeah. He's so real. And so I absolutely believe in yeah. Jesus Christ. Absolutely. So is and Jesus. And by the way, Jesus Christ is not his last name. Okay, Christ means anointed one. Uh-huh. Okay, and so I always tell people, Jesus. That's not his last name, but yeah. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus to me is real. Yeah. Absolutely. So is God and Jesus two separate beings? 
in your mind? Well, I'll tell you what scripture teaches, yeah. which I believe 100%. Um, God is either male or female. God is a male spirit, but he's not a... We, we, can go on the, we can go all day with this. Yeah. But I believe they're, they're the same, but one at the same time. I, I, look at, I, d- I describe it like this. There's water, ice, and steam. How do you separate that? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Jesus was God with skin. Yeah. Now, there oh. are a lot of people that would disagree with that, but sure. God is a spirit. Yeah. We're spirit. Yeah. You've heard the story. Yeah. We're spirit. We, we live in this thing called a bodysuit. Yeah. Our soul is our emotions and our thoughts. Yeah. When we lay down and die, there's two things that leave with us, spirit and our mind, our soul. Yeah. The body goes back to where it's meant to be. Yeah. We're a spiritual body. Yeah. So we're spiritual beings having this, you've heard the saying, yeah. the, the perfect experience. So I don't spend too much time on that because I think we get up into tradition, denominations, and it just, it's, it's sad to see yeah. that because it's to me, it, yeah. it just, it just, to me, it, it just doesn't give the power of who Christ was and who he is. I think it creates separation. Religion doesn't lead us. You know. And that's why I have a problem with religion because yeah. if you're a man telling me that I'm not worthy, well, what makes you worthy to tell me that based on a set of rules? Exactly. But when Christ died over 2,000 years ago, oh, he forgot about me? Knowing that man failed at every attempt. Mm-hmm. Look what happened to Moses. The Ten Commandments was given to Jewish people. The Ten Commandments to tell us that we, on our best day, you're not, you can't live this way without Christ. He's a savior. There's a reason why he called savior. Yeah. You get me talking about this now. I get, yeah. I get passionate <laughs> because I love Christ, man. And, yeah. and so, um, and then we get together with friends at my house, and we, t- I said, hey, here's a rule. We're gonna talk about who Christ is. If we can stay on this topic, I can be with you all day long. But I'm yeah. not gonna get into Baptists and Catholics, and the L- I don't yeah. do that. No. Because we, we, that now we're, we're talking. It separates people. It really yeah. does. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and, if, and if Christ is God, and I tell people this, this is Michael, who is God? I said, this is a phone. This is my water. God is love. He doesn't love you. He is love. Right. So um, he's love. Love it. He's love. He has no beginning, no end. He's love. I'm with you. He is love. Yeah, and all those separate religions out there, Baptist, Hinduism, Buddhism, Catholic, Mormon, that all separates the world. There it is. Right? So depending on which religion you subscribe Mm -hmm. to, Mm -hmm. you know, you're Catholic and Mm -hmm. I'm Buddhist, Mm -hmm. now we just separated from each other. Right. Why can't we just all believe, Mm -hmm. you know, in Mm -hmm. one belief system, right? Well, what religion does, um, it's our attempt daily attempt to please God and we should do that mm-hmm. but in my opinion um, again once we study Jesus Christ's life his life the apostles he chose these were some rough dudes they were not religious people now the Pharisees they were very religious people matter of fact they tried to trick them mm. by bringing up the uh, what they call the Mosaic Law they found the lady who had committed adultery mm-hmm. and these are religious men saying well Moses law is to stone her <laughs> what Christ say well you knuckleheads without any sin cast the first stone yeah. then he said to the woman where are your accusers they're gone yeah. I'm not going to accuse you get up and sin no more go and sin no yeah. more I'm giving you the paraphrase version yeah. but all through scripture um, we're dealing with the law what's a new day now 
the way I read the Bible, and I challenge any of your listeners to do this, I don't, re- I don't read it religious denominational-wise. I read scripture. But then I go, you know, I say to myself, you know, look at the Bible the way it's written. Um, before the cross and after the cross, something happened after the cross. There was a change. There was a new way now, mm-hmm. a new covenant. The covenant was grace. Grace. Mm. And mankind has such a hard time with that because whether you're Baptist, Cat, whatever religion you're doing, you, you think it's based on your merits. Unfortunately, it's not. If it were true, then Christ died in vain. Yeah. We can't help ourselves. Only he could do that for us. Yeah. And I think if you look at the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments basically, well, there's more than ten, by the way, but um, it was basically to show mankind how simple we truly are. Yeah. And so no man will boast in heaven, well, look what I did. Eh, no, no. What did Christ say to the, to the guy on the cross with him, to the thief on the cross? Mm. I believe you to save her. Christ said, today you'll be in paradise. Mm. What did he say to Doubting Thomas as he was approaching him? Those who have never seen me believe that my name will inherit the kingdom of God. We have a hard time with that. Oh. Now, it doesn't give us the right to go out and do bad things. There's repercussions there. <laughs> you do bad things, you're going to pay for that. Sure. But we don't really understand, in my circle of friends that are all different denominations, including some of my brothers, yeah. in my opinion, it goes back to love. Yeah. It really does. I'm with you. I'm all, I'm all over that. So what about if you do create sin? Or, you know, or no, we, no we do create sin. So <laughs> Just sin happens. Yeah. So you breathe when you breathe, yeah. Because the think that no man is the think that there's a man on earth. Mm-hmm. He, he, l- let me explain. Let me kind of say it this way: When Christ was talking to the disciples, <laughs> he said, "If you look at a woman with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery. Mm-hmm. If you hate your brother, you've murdered him." God is spirit. Right. So our thoughts, without the action, because we're dealing with a spiritual being. Right. Now, again, some people disagree with that. Um, but if, if on our best day, because if God is what he is, he, which he is love, mm-hmm. uh, even though we make an attempt not to sin, there's things that sometimes mm-hmm. we do. Not, yeah. not giving someone a cup of water sure. is a sin to him. Yeah. So. so does hell exist? Yeah. I think the, um, there's repercussions to things here on earth. Um, I definitely think that Hell, from what I understand, was was designed for things that didn't right, and I mean that that's a subject that I'm still dealing with. But hell does exist in my mind. Um, but think about it this way: I go back to love. If someone, if he is truly love, it's hard for you to go to hell. I mean, it's almost humanly impossible. Okay, now most denominations are like, well, you're going to go to hell and God's keeping score on you. No, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. God kept, sc- when Christ did what he did for us over 2,000 years ago, and he said, as it's finished, those who believe upon my name will inherit the kingdom of God. We, find it s- we can read that, and then we, we, s- we find it so hard to believe what he just said. Yeah. And so um, that's like saying if you have kids. I mean, I was a troubled kid. <laughs> You know, but my father loved me anyway. Uh, but um, 
Yeah, so uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to go there because mm-hmm. I think we'll be surprised when it's all said and done. Yeah. Who we'll see. So let me ask you again because you kind of uh, backtracked there a little bit. You said hell exists in your mind. So does hell exist in the afterlife? I think it does. I think it does. But and th- and the reason I say that because there there is repercussions, but the only repercussion we have as a, as a human is not believing. Um, yeah, I have to say, based on what, I, what, I, what I've read and what I know, right. it does, there's a place, there, there's a separation from God. Yeah. You call it hell or whatever you want to call it. Right. But yeah, there is, absolutely. And I think that it's extremely humanly impossible to go there. And yeah. people are going to say, well, what about if we kill people? Well, <laughs> uh, Moses killed someone. Yeah. David had someone killed. Hmm. Um, and these were men of God. Th- what these yeah. men did did not shock God. God is unknowing, yeah. right? And so I can go through the Bible, and that's why it said if you read Scripture without a denomination or a religion telling you how to read Scripture, because now things are tainted for you. You know, a lot of people didn't know that if you, you look at what Moses did, Moses' second wife was an Egyptian. She was black. Yeah, A lot of people didn't know that. You p- people that I know here. And so once you really open the Bible and read it with, you know, with the best way you can, in other words, you're not re- led by a religion or really trying to understand it. If we focus on who Christ was and is, it'll shock you. Yeah. Absolutely shock you. Because the guys that he chose, the guys and women that he chose, these were not perfect beings. They were not perfect beings at all. But they're with them. Yeah. Not one of them was perfect. Yeah. I'm not so sure hell exists. You know what? And if you're not so sure, why gamble? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So why gamble? So I, kn- I, know, I know there's a place where there's a separation, but I'm not willing to gamble that because yeah. um, I'm willing to, to um, just try to do the best I can daily and understand this. I understand this. I always tell people, if you start at love, if you stay in love, you can't help but win. Yeah. And that's the key for me. I, if you stay in love with... Loving yourself first, you know what he said: love the you love your neighbor like you love thyself, and love you know. So love is critical, um, but I think that life is so precious. I'm not willing to gamble that. Yeah. I'm no. de- I'm so I'm a believer, you definitely 100 billion percent believer. That hell exists. I believe that Christ, Christ God exists. is real. Right. Yeah. But if so, if you believe Christ is real, do you believe hell exists or not? That's oh, I just said absolutely. Yeah, you yeah. believe that? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it doesn't exist based on, now here's what's going to shock you. Um, when there's bad people doing bad things, there are so-called good people that do bad things. It's hard to go to hell. Yeah. It's extremely hard to go to hell. So how do you get there? By not believing. By not believing in Jesus. Right. That's the only way to go to hell. Those who believe upon name will inherit the kingdom of God. He didn't say those who go out and do good things, those who go out and do this, those who go out and do this. He didn't say that. He goes, those who yeah. believe upon my name will inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. We, we find that hard to believe. Right. And it was hard for me because I came up in a religion, a denomination. I mean, l- look at the Middle East. They're religious. They hate Americans. They're religious. Yeah. They believe they're killing people for Allah. That's their religion. That's their religion. Sure. So when you stand back and you look at religion, you go, wait a minute. 
Um, I think the best person that demonstrated that is Mother Teresa. Yeah. Loved. Nelson Mandela. Yeah. Loved. Yeah. You know, I can go on and go on and go on, but I think um, I'm careful with that because I, I love people. I love, I, you know, I love people. Yeah. So I'm careful not to, to offend people. That's why I always say to them, let's stay with Christ and let's understand that do we all agree that God is love? Once they all agree there, then the conversation yeah. takes off. And I always bring them back to love. Yeah. Because if God loves us, um, it's hard to fathom how much he loves us. Yeah. It really is. If he loves us that much and he is love, it's got to be hard to not make it home. Yeah. It's got to be that'd be hard not to go back to where we come from, in my opinion. Yeah. Real hard. I'd say you were love. That's what I'm saying. We came, I am love. We came from love. Yeah. You're love. Yeah. And how we demonstrate the love here on planet Earth is critical. Yeah. We, we all were created out of love. Yeah. Every one of us. Cool. Absolutely. So what about uh, um, heaven? You think heaven exists, obviously, right? And there are different levels of heaven, or is there just heaven? There's heaven. Just heaven. So, see, now, once we start talking about different levels, you know, we're saying, well, you know what, George? I'm better than Bob. Yeah. God doesn't do it. Let me tell you, see, that, that really makes my scab itch. <laughs> <laughs> you That's know, one of I, those words that makes your oh blood boil. Oh, man. I go, oh. Here we go. You know, here we go. So, in other words, you've done so well, you're going to go to another, you know, well, then yeah. it's not God. Yeah. So no, I don't. That's like you know, put, put it like this. My mom and dad had nine of us, okay, um, and I was the most troubled one. I think my oldest brother had me beat, but I think I was one of the most troubled ones. Um, and that's my parents. <laughs> Do you think they disown me? Is that love? No. That's that's called denominational religion, conditional love. Hmm. Conditional. And. I don't mean to hurt anyone's feelings, but the Christ I know, the God I know is love, yeah. and he proves it yeah. every time. And for some reason, we don't want to believe that. We want to think that God's going to measure us on all these good things we do. Good things are birthed out of love, not out of a requirement. Yeah. When you understand your love, those things encourage you and inspire you to do these things. But um, I realize that I, I talk a different language at times, but um, love is love, and yeah. you, can't, you, can't, you can't get away from that. Yeah. I'd even say love and love and heaven and hell are right. not opposites. I don't, I, I don't believe hell exists. That's why I asked the mm -hmm, question, mm -hmm, Banks. Mm -hmm. My God won't send anybody to hell. Because the only thing God never sends you one to hell. Yeah. Then let's get this straight. Yeah. Love doesn't do that. Right. Our choice. Our choices. Our cho my parents. I mean, I made choices in my life. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we call it free will. Let's just use a religious terminology. But no, uh, God doesn't put anyone in hell. Yeah. Hell wasn't made for us. Yeah. But at the same time, can you imagine being in love with your creation so much? You made them in, in your own image, but then you gave them free will? Think about that. Now I, you gave them free will, but you made them in your image. Yeah. That's some crazy love. Yeah. And to know, that, to know that he loves you so much, 
now I'm, I'm, I'm preaching now, brother. Preach. <laughs> that, um, you know, whatever you believe, but he gave his yeah. only begotten son. Yeah. That's love. And I, I, I you know, I, I've tried to be careful about that over the years, but I'm at a point in my life now where my mother said to me, one day you'll get to a point, Mike, where you're not going to care what people think of you. Yeah. But I sit out of love. I don't sit out of disrespect. Um, I have friends on both sides of the aisle. I have brothers and yeah. siblings. I have brothers. We all do. I have siblings that are. I have family members that are Jehovah's Witness, mm -hmm. Baptist, that the whole deal. So I, yeah. and so I, I, I try not to offend people. But I say, look, if we can all agree on a couple things. Um, you'll be challenged now because now you're saying God is love. Jesus is love. Yeah. And we're made up His image. Sure. If he gives us free will, then uh, he's allowing us to do what we do, right? He's trusting that we're going to do what, we're, what we do. But it gives you, it's like yeah. taking a test. It's giving you every chance. <laughs> but it's your option. Sure. And Absolutely. even even at the last breath, um, you know, uh, things happen. And yeah. I've seen it happen with uh, friends and family. I have friends that, are that don't believe as atheists. Sure. And I had one friend say to me, guy's brilliant, by the way. He said to me, um, had a PhD at 19 years of age. I won't mention his name. He, he knows I'm talking to him. But he said to me one time, how do you have Thanksgiving with me if you're religion, if you're religious? Yeah. I go, say that question. ask me that question again. He says, do you believe? I don't believe the way you believe. I said, so because I'm breaking bread with you, you find that to be odd? He goes, yeah. I said, well, then uh, if you ran across people that are like that, then I love. Yeah. Yeah. I can show you several places in the Bible where that happened, but uh, to me, love is love. Yeah. I'm not here to, uh, hopefully my life will influence you, and it starts with love, yeah. but what he was really saying to me, in my opinion, you're not judging me. Yeah. No. Matter of fact, he jokingly says, do your thing, basically he says, pray over the food, yeah. <laughs> you know. Sure. But he says, you know, I says, no, I'm not here to judge you. Yeah. I'm not here to, you know, if you ask yeah. questions, I'll tell you, what I think in my experience, what I know to be true. But um, I said, I respect you more because you're willing to tell me you don't believe. Yeah. I'll be, you know, I'll, I'll yeah. prefer to know who I'm breaking bread with. Sure. Um, but we're, we're best friends. Yeah. And over time, um, he's a very knowledgeable guy, and I've learned from him, and he's learned from me. Yeah. But we talk about this thing called spirituality. It's amazing how it's taken on now. It's a, it's a, it's yeah. a buzzword now that yeah. we're all using, right? Sure. Um, but it, to me, spirituality is love. Yeah, we're in this pretty uh, gutsy for human beings nowadays. Like your buddy, that's an atheist. Mm -hmm. It's pretty ballsy because that's kind of going against the grain, kind of against what the world's taught. I respect that, but I do too. I, I think it's amazing. Yeah, I, I don't and, judge and I, I can't know if God exists or mm -hmm. not because I've never met him. I've never mm -hmm. shaken his hand. Mm -hmm. I want to believe mm -hmm. that there is something bigger than you and I out there. Mm -hmm. But it's also a story we've been told our whole life, mm -hmm. and it, it's it's hard to decipher, mm -hmm. you know, if all these stories we're here are true or not, right. you know. Right. And it kind of puts a lot of responsibility on you to take care of you. Mm -hmm. If if you don't believe in Jesus mm -hmm. or God like that, dude's being accountable for mm -hmm. his actions and his thoughts mm -hmm. and whatever. And him sh still, he's still a beautiful man. Oh, absolutely. You know, oh so yeah. like I have no oh yeah. qualms, believe or not no. believe. Mm -hmm. I just like asking the question because, mm -hmm. to be honest with you, I'm not sure, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. what exists out there. Mm -hmm. But it sure is fun to be open and aware to the possibility that what's out there. 
You know, I you know I I respect you saying that, um, and and I, you know, no judgment on my part. Um, and the best way that we can demonstrate that is how we live. Sure. And 100%. and trust me, trust me, dude. I'm <laughs> I sin daily. Yeah. I'm the first one to tell you. Um, but this thing that I've experienced called love. It's been pretty amazing. I think love in itself is the key there, Banks. That's the religion. Thank you. Love is the religion. Thank you very love much. Love is God. Well, that's what God is. And you don't need to call it, you know, a person or a thing oh, or we, whatever. We, we're, as it's humans, we want to put it under a team, a title. And yeah, not necessary. Yeah, necessary at all. Yeah. You know, when you walk right. in love, uh, again, I go back to, you know, whether you believe or not, but I go back to the, you know, how Jesus lived his life. You know, he... And, and and what he dealt with while he was here on earth. Yeah. But love is a powerful thing and um yeah, that's what that's it cool. is. So what about uh when you get to heaven, Banks, what do you want uh, God to say to you at the pearly gates when you arrive? <laughs> you know what I think he's already saying it to me. He's I'm taking uh, I'm believing that how I was created. Um if you l- if you look at the human being itself, we're we're pretty amazing creatures. Okay. Um, and I, I feel like I speak to him daily. I, I truly am in love with God and Christ. Um, and it's not that in a denominational type style because I, right. I'm praying, I'm speaking with them, I, I see him work. Um, um, and I, you know, one of the things that I, I do know. He's not, <laughs> my mother would joke me when I was a kid to keep me in line. She says, every time you lie, God's writing it down. <laughs> and I really visualized that. Yeah. Know. But um, he's not keeping score. No. The price was paid on his son. You know what he's going to do? When you see him, you're going to recognize him. Mm-hmm. I, I've spoke with people that's experienced that, you know, life and death. And, yeah, and the other side. It, it, you know what they say all the time? Yeah. I could have easily stayed over there. Yeah, of course. It's love. Oh. It's love. And so, um, you know, I, I jokingly say I'm not in a hurry. But when my mother passed, I said, I'll see you again. Yeah. My sister passed, I'll see you again. Yeah. I know that. And when, I, when you see me, I'll know you. You know me. Have you ever considered this, Banks? You can, uh, can you see your mom in your mind's eye? I just, I just absolutely. She's You're singing her, brother. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go to the other side to see her. All you mm-hmm. got to do is think about her, and mm-hmm. she shows up in your mind. Well, that's true. That's where she existed when she was here, too. Right. Well, not only Only that, in your mind. Right. When she was back in Joliet, and I was in Ephraim, Utah, yeah. she was in my mind. That's it. So she's in a, she's in a different location. Yeah. That's all. So she's yeah. here. So she's still here. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. You talked about her earlier. Absolutely. That's what what's so neat is they don't go anywhere because mm-hmm. they're always here. They're always Even there. if they're here in front of us, mm-hmm. they're still in your mind. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. that's where you're seeing them is in your mind. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the mind here in a uh, in a second because I got a couple good thoughts on that. But uh, awesome. um, what about advice uh, that you could instill in maybe a child or a human? If you had one piece of advice, what I'm would it be for a human being? One thing, one thing only. What's your I am? Take some time to understand. What's your gift? Who are you? You know, if you were to sit back, and I challenge you to do this to some of your friends, just say, 
who are you? And just be quiet. It, it's hard for us to be quiet. And, and they're struggling with that issue. And they're trying, then they'll tell you who, what they do. But I think the first thing a human can learn, in my opinion, is there I am. Who are you? It's powerful. Um, and it's, it, 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 it takes a while to figure that out. Sure. But if I were, if I were, if I had a little boy at this time of my life, um, I think in, in teaching him his gift is actually teaching him who Christ is without saying Christ, you know what I mean? So I'm talking about that as well. But understanding who you truly are is powerful. Right. And what you, what you, how you were created out of, what, where do you yeah. come from? We all were created out of love. Yeah. And so um, that's what I, I actually did a little video at the beginning of the year this year. And I said, basically, if you can define your I am, it's powerful. Yeah. It, makes, it makes things a little easier for you. It's a tough question because human beings tough. don't consider that question. No, you know, you are what you do, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. That doesn't qualify who you are. No. So to sit in that. It's challenging. It's challenging because people, it's a question people don't often get, right? No. I would say 90% of the people that I've experienced, a- including myself, just begin to understand that. Yeah. And what it did for me is confidence, a sense of belonging. Uh-huh. Another challenge we have as humans is that, um, you know, I say this a lot on my social media stop trying to fit in. You were not designed to fit in. You were not created to fit in. There's a unique, we're so unique that your thumbprint is unique to you. There'll never be another Michael, and thank goodness, but there'll never be another <laughs> Michael Anthony Banks. Yeah. And, and so if you sit in that for a while, just sit back and, and, and really meditate on that. You're that unique. That's, that's amazing. There's seven billion people mm. on planet Earth the last time we counted, I guess. But there is, there is another, there, there's not another Michael Banks at all. No. That's the power of who we are as individuals. And once you understand that, then you say, I was never meant to fit in. Now, I don't go against the grain just to go against the grain. But I know there's something unique about me. The key is how do we, how do over time, how do I figure that out? And that's through experiences. Yeah. When life knocks you on your back, adversity is the best thing that can happen to us as humans. Yeah. It challenges who we are as an individual, what we've been taught, and that changes all the time, right? Sure. But I think um, when you look at who we are as an individual, that's critical, and most of us don't know who we are. So if you're that unique, Banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother would, my mama would tell you I'm unique. I know you're <laughs> unique. Trust me. I believe every human being I meet is unique. But absolutely, um, but they don't believe that. Typically, probably not. But right. with that being said, if you're that new, unique, aren't you God? You know what? Absolutely. Absolutely. If we're made in His image, you just now now you get me excited, buddy. Now I've, I've been holding back <laughs> over here. You know, uh, don't get me going. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, give an example. When he says, I've given you dominion over the earth, basically, you're the rule here on earth. And I'm talking male and female, not just male. Let's get this straight. That's religion now, okay? Absolutely. Denomination. Females aren't equal. Then he's not God. Yeah. Okay? 
the human experience, we say mankind, that includes women as well. Now, I don't want to go back and that's the, I can go deep with that, but um, sure. um, we have this sense to think that male was here to, to rule over women, then that's not God. God said rule over the fowl of the air, the fish in the sea, but he never said rule over another human. Now, you, Brandon, you don't, want to, you don't want me to go there, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I'll have church in here on you in a second. <laughs> don't get me going. Um, now, that's, you know what's really interesting? Ever since I've been a kid, I've been passionate about Christ. I remember when I was a kid, Brandon, I would wake up in the summertime. I don't know. I think it was 10 or 8. I would run to this park, and there was a little, I, I call it a cave at that time. I don't know what it was. But I would pray. I don't know what I was praying about. But it, there was something about, I had a love for this this thing, this person called God. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what drove me. Well, me. And so um, um, over years it's developed, and I've tried to seek that, what is it that I'm curious about? I was a curious kid. And so um, your question again was, are you a God? We are. We're yeah. all God. Little G. Little G. Little G God. Because. Well, wh- if, a duck, if a duck has a duck, what is it? Duck. Thank you. So here's something to consider. So your little kid out there praying, you got this fascination with this higher being, right? And you're out there praying. This higher being is called God. Desire. This major desire. Mm-hmm. When you're praying, just consider this. I'm just getting back to mm-hmm. here again. I think you. Michael Banks, are a God. Who do you know is listening for sure? He is. Who else? Now listen, hear, hear me again. Who do you know is listening for sure when you're praying? He is. Who else? I'm not worried about anyone else. Okay, but wh- when you're praying, who's for sure listening that scientifically you could prove? That I can prove scientifically? Is listening. Is listening. Yeah. By the way I live. Yeah, but who's listening? Um, You're not hearing my question. I, I'm trying to. Under, I'm trying to this follow a, this you. This is a good one, brother. Just, just it's, sit it's in well it for a minute. Well, first of all, when I'm praying, mm-hmm. I'm praying to Him. Okay, you're praying to Him. To God. To God. Okay, right. I hear that. I would say all of heaven is listening. All the spirit, the spiritual world is listening. Period. Yeah. So, I can hear all that, mm-hmm. and I'm going to ask you again. Tough question. No, it's not tough. I'm just telling you my answer. So, say you're in your bedroom. Okay, mm-hmm. and you're in a box. In your bedroom, you're on your knees, you're on your bed, however you pray, whatever right, you do. Right. You're the only one in the room. Mm-hmm. There's just Michael Banks praying on his knees. Mm-hmm. Who do you know for a fact is listening? So you're stuck with facts. I get what you're trying to I say. I want a now. fact because there's only one guy in the room who's okay. listening. Now that's where we cross over a thing called faith. Yeah. I know where you're going now. Oh, brother, <laughs> I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm I don't ready, know if I'm you ready do. For, I'm, I'm ready. For, I love the. I love the <laughs> test. Iron sharpen iron, right? Yeah. Now, as far as, now, when I'm praying in the spiritual realm, spirits are listening to me. Mm-hmm. Um, um, my mother was there. Okay. My father, my brother, my sister, God, yeah. angels, um, that I can prove. There is no one physically that I see. Okay, so let me rephrase the question. Who can you absolutely prove is physically listening to you in that room? I can't prove that. I can say it's faith now. No, but there's one person you can prove is listening. I'm listening. Thank you. Well, yeah, of course I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. That's where I'm going yeah, here. Okay, okay. 
You, you, you the, gave me a little. Who's on first see? base, right? Yeah. But no, I'm listening. Yes, you are listening. Yeah, I'm listening. I'm the only one physically present there that's listening. So notice that I ask, I, I, I hit people with this question mm-hmm. often, but you're on your knees and you're praying. Who do you know is listening for sure? It's me. you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I believe that when we pray, you're praying to yourself. You're praying to yourself, and I believe when you talk, you're talking to yourself, because reaffirming and reconfirming your beliefs in this world. Right. And when you get on your knees and you say it and you throw it out there to the universe, mm-hmm. um, you're talking to yourself because I know for sure I'm listening when I'm talking. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if you're paying attention right now, but I know I'm listening mm-hmm. and I know when you're in the room, mm-hmm. but you're perceiving whatever I'm saying in a little different manner than probably I'm throwing it out there. Right. But you're so praying to saying, the God in you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of that. where sure. I'm getting sure. here is so sure. that's where I'm back to like, right. oh, so if we're right. all unique and we're mm-hmm. ideal. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's seven billion gods on this planet, mm-hmm. and that gives me the accountability to really mm-hmm. take good care of myself and others. Mm-hmm. If I believe, if I was born, you know, mm-hmm. with like mind mm-hmm. and, and and body and whatever else, and mm-hmm. Jesus or God or whatever it is mm-hmm. that existed, like mm-hmm. it, it's pretty powerful. It's very powerful, and it and doesn't and also it doesn't separate. No. Well, you can't separate. You can't separate because no. you just got you, right? Right. right. Well, we're creating yeah. His image, yeah. and so when I'm praying, I'm praying to the God who dwells in me. Yeah. Um, but I get what you're saying now. That's and I don't know who's listening. Right. Your mom, your dad, right. your siblings, right. or whatever. You, I'm not sure. For fact but I know right. you're paying attention. Right. Absolutely. So well, you're paying attention too much. You're, you're even trying to form your words a certain way. Yeah. You know, you're trying to really communicate to um, to God, which I, in my opinion. Yeah. Once we accept God, we are we are made in His image. Now, yeah. that's a powerful thing. Yeah. Good question, by the way. And there's one interesting thought mm-hmm. if you talk about duality and non-duality. But if there's God and there's Michael Banks, and you look as at God as a separate being, mm-hmm. that's created separation too. Mm-hmm. So if God and Michael Banks are one, mm-hmm. more like non-duality, mm-hmm. that allows you to be as one with God, not separate. Well, that's exactly what that is. Right? We're s- that's exactly what it is. We are one with God. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Um, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I, and unfortunately, sometimes we're taught that he's separate. But um, he definitely dwells within us, yeah. for sure. I like it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the mind and the body relation. Love that. Uh, you are a physical fitness Personal trainer. Personal trainer. Fitness professional. Right. Fitness professional. What's more important, the the mind or the body? If you had to choose one or the other to be healthy, what would you pick? Well, you know what I'm going to go there. <laughs> well, I got to ask the, the question. The mind. Because you're into fitness, brother. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at you. Now, now, here's the key. People come to me for their body. And what happens is when we try to be, how do I say this? You got to be who you are. In other words, um, even though I know what's more than their mind, I'm more than their body, um, forgive me, it's how they, th- how they see themselves. That's so essential, um, how you see yourself and what you're telling yourself and changing that conversation that you've had with yourself all your life. I did a, I did a little workshop one time with a group of women and I said, um, for the next few days, kind of be conscious of your unconscious thoughts because unfortunately, we walk around unconscious of that. And what you're telling yourself, and they were shocked. And I go, would you share that same conversation 
with your daughter, with your son? No. And so it's same that you know we we come from a belief that that does this. So the key is, do my do my physical fitness training. I'll just use that word, if you will, because people know me that way. My whole thing and what I do daily, Brandon, is two things. I help you change belief while simultaneously change behavior. Yeah. Once I connect the two, they're off and racing. Even the, even the way they say hello, their posture change. Everything about them change. And to me, that's the greatest thrill. When people start being conscious of their unconscious thoughts, that is so powerful. And it's a day-by-day day process because we've, con we've, we've that turns off. I've always said the unconscious thoughts is like background music. When you're driving in your car and you're working in your yard, guess what happens? That conscious thought rules everything. It's 90%. 90% of, of who you are. The key is how do we change that conscious thoughts? And to me, there's several ways. And it's not just saying positive things. Um, it's reprogramming the way you think. On my way here, um, not only here, but all throughout the day, something I've taken on the last 10 years, 10 to 12 years, I'm only listening to things that are helping me change the way I see myself. And that's now become my background noise, whether it's music or s certain speakers that I listen to, because I realize that we're, we're the subtotal of our subconscious thoughts. Yeah. And once and until we take 100% full responsibility to who we are as an individual, you're going to continue to play to that same beat and, and, and play that victim story. I call it a victim story. Right. But that it starts with taking responsibility. And so getting back to the fitness question, um, through my program, I would like to say that uh, I've helped people through that process because, you know, I can, you know, I had one of my clients say to another female client, wow, you look great. And the first thing she said is, well, you know, I still have a lot to lose. And I go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Why don't you just say thank you? Yeah. You say, you think saying thank you is being prideful. She goes, isn't it? I go, no. So now this is not my definition, but but one of my Michaelism that I took on 20 years ago, and I talk about humility. We, we struggle with that word, Absolutely. especially religious people, okay? Um, and to me, it's not my saying, but I, 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 I use it all the time. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but simply thinking of yourself less. Yeah. I'll say it again for your listeners. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but... Yeah. Thinking for yourself less. And so, you know, false humility is saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm not quite there. We have a hard time saying thank you. Yeah. And um, um, the mind is a powerful thing. So I didn't mean sure. to go off on You're my good. tangent no. here, but you so got me, you so got me all wound up. Brother. Now, but, uh, Getting you all fired uh, up I here, man. I, I, love, I love life. Yeah. I, I, love, I, love your, I love life. I love your energy. Let's talk yeah. about thoughts for a second while you're on thoughts. Mm -hmm. So I brought up the mind and the body and, uh, uh, you know, kind of how they coexist or what's more important but um uh do you create your own thoughts i think experiences create your thoughts i think um yeah i think you create your own th by experiences you've had whether it's when you're a child or where you grew up um yeah those things happen that way as your experiences i think we all do you do yeah think about when you uh, get up in the morning and you open your eyes is there a thought there the second you open your eyes? Yeah. 
So did you create that thought before you opened your eyes? The night before. In your dreams? No, in my daily work. Oh, the daily work right. the day before. Right. Right. So whatever you go to bed with, uh, whether it's I got these appointments the next day or I had a stressful conversation with a friend or a family member, um, I think those thoughts come from experiences we have. Mm. That's been my experience. Um, mm. But then sometimes thoughts enter into your mind. That's what I'm saying. What yeah. Where do they come from? Do you create them or do they just show up? Well, I think both both happens. You know, for instance, um, you know, when you think about it, like we all have some type of weird, evil thought at times. You know, all we, we all, all do. I don't care what pulpit you stand behind. You know, you <laughs> you have those thoughts. Um, and I don't mean to say it that way, but I'm just saying we all have thoughts that way. But I think s- both scenarios happen. They come in. Yeah. Okay. There's thought that enters in our our head. Right. And we entertain these thoughts. But also there's thoughts through experience we've had. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But the key is we have a as a human species, we're the only we control that thought. Yeah. You know, um a lion sees a elephant and thinks lunch. <laughs> we see something we have we can make a choice. Yeah. And so, to answer your question, both scenarios. Yeah. Just something to consider because um, for me, I realize mm-hmm. I'll just be driving down the road and the thoughts Boom. are just showing up. Oh, yeah. I don't think I create any of my thoughts. Mm-hmm. I think they're just showing up. Mm-hmm. And I either attach to the thought and I believe it mm-hmm. or it just comes in one ear or out the other. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a negative thought that's, you know, kind right. of monkey minding you, I'm right. like, where the heck is this thought coming from? Mm-hmm. But if... I'm creating them. Um, it seems to me that that I'm not actually is what I'll say. I don't because think you create them, but I think mm. they're happening two ways: what you're experiencing at the time, but also thoughts just come into your head. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of fun to think about because if you're not creating your thoughts, like uh, just. As I've researched this and sat mm-hmm. in this, and I do it all day, every day, mm-hmm. um, I said, notice my thoughts. I'm just aware of my thoughts that are coming in. You're conscious of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, thought, right. negative or positive? Mm-hmm. You know, positive, I write them to the bank. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You're with me? Absolutely. I love it, love Absolutely. it, love it. Mm-hmm. Negative thought shows up. Mm-hmm. And the only way for me to understand or get over a negative thought is to question the thought. So I've got a process of a worksheet that I learned from Byron Katie. Sure where you write down the negative thought and then you sure. question it and then that negative s- thought quits monkey minding you. Mm-hmm. But in my experience, I'm always just being thought. Mm-hmm. Literally, thoughts are just rolling through my mm-hmm. brain 24-7. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can't stop them and I can't control them. Mm-hmm. All I can do is be aware that, that they're coming and going or I'm attaching to them. So I would call that being conscious. Yeah, or aware. Or aware, in other yeah. words. That's what's happening, what's coming between the two ears. Yeah. Uh, we all have them. Yeah. Um, and that, again, that's what makes us human, right? That yeah. We have a choice as well that we react to those thoughts. But yeah. you're right. They come out yeah. of nowhere and sometimes they come out of experience. Yeah. Have a, but I, I try to control my thoughts, if there's a such thing as that, is what I'm listening to, what I'm reading. Yeah. Um, but, but also sometimes you can't control your thoughts. You yeah, that's what thoughts. I'm saying. Yeah. So can you control your thoughts? Think of this. Just sit in it mm-hmm. and think about it. A thought comes in 
Can you stop that thought from coming in? You can't stop the thought from coming in, but what you can make a choice on how to respond to yeah. that thought. Yes. So I that's agree what makes with us that. human. Yeah. That's what makes us powerful. Yeah. And that's what makes us little G gods. Yes. Follow me? I'd say big G gods. What's what you say? <laughs> There's only one big G. <laughs> yeah, it's you. <laughs> but um, I think that we all have that. And once you, can you imagine teaching kids that? Yeah. Can you imagine there was a course that all of the kids went through that, that talked about that? Can you imagine what it would do for confidence, bullying, bullying, um, drugs, um, I mean, all the things? Because we all have, and the challenge we have, I think, is sometimes we, we don't share those things. Yeah. We don't question those things like you and I are doing right now. To me, we're having a, a cup of coffee, just having a normal conversation. Sure. That's why it's called the Mind's Gym, Mind brother. Gym, baby. I love That's it. what's so neat. I I often say, like in school, think about mm. elementary, middle school, oh high my school. Goodness, my thoughts are all over the place. Well, no, but <laughs> what? Well, how come we weren't taught to manage this? Right. The mind. Right. What's more important than anything in the world that exists in the human body? The mind. The mind. The mind is. And how much education did you get from kindergarten through college on how to manage this? Zero. 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 Why not? Because we don't put enough ins- emphasis on it. We're we're. I'll be honest with you. I think we're we're geared to chase money. Yeah, we're geared to go to school and and chase money. We really are. Yeah. I mean, if you look at our society, when you melt it down, we're ge- we're geared from a child to yeah. chase money instead of chasing our passion or I am. Yeah. Can you imagine if we had a an elementary school where all your kids went to this place and we talked about these things at their level? You ready to start one? Let's do it. You you imagine. I'd love to do that, start an elementary school right. where you teach the mind, mm-hmm. teach a little bit of math language mm-hmm. here and there because you've mm-hmm. got to have some social skill set, Absolutely. right? Imagine what that group of 100 kids would look like in 20 years. Well, Be uh, off the charts. Absolutely. And I think my mom and dad part started the first yeah. school for me. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. If we would, could, we would learn to control, understand how we're being programmed. Oh. And... Um, and I don't want to pick on the female species because I love them, but even with them, how the, the negativeness they have, the conversation they're having with themselves daily. Yeah. Um, and, and men as well. We all do. We it. all do. But I, I, you know, because I work in this space called yeah. the vanity physical fitness space. Sure you do. I hear you it more from women it. than I do do men. But yeah, I yeah. agree. I, I've always said it. Can you imagine sending your yeah. your child to a place, or even us as parents, yeah. sitting down talking about the thoughts we have? And it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you go out and do bad things, or doesn't make you feel like you're not part of society. All those things, um, it's powerful. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it really um, it helps you. It doesn't make you try to fit in or make you feel weird. Can you imagine Tom and Walt Edison, Walt yeah. Disney, their mm-hmm. minds? Yeah, amazing. Can you ma- can you imagine yeah. that? Amazing. The thoughts. They were, can you imagine their self talk? They thought Walt Disney was a nut. Yeah. Can you imagine the Wright brothers who had no education, who yeah. jumping off a cliff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, some wings. Can you imagine this, the 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 like self the conversation they're having with themselves? Yeah. That would be powerful. And the guts, fearless. Absolutely. Fearless human beings. And fearless is doing it anyway. Yeah. You know, but yeah. I, you know, that's another subject. But yeah. I'll, I'll let you guide this we'll conversation because we'll I call that. We'll call it the uh, Mind Gym School for Youth. I love it. I mean, uh, that'd be a f- and it'd be in a fun class too, right? 
Like, you want to sit in history oh class and learn about history for oh, wow. two hours? Or like, do you what does history have his- anything? Or do you want to write history? Yeah, let's write history. Let's write like, history. It's all about now. Now. Let's worry about today. Let's write. I don't really care what happened let's yesterday. Write. What happened Or the great, week before. But now let's write history. History is irrelevant. Exactly. But yet we learn about it. And, you know, why are we taught about the past? Mm-hmm. Like, let's learn about the present mm-hmm. so ha- we can be better in the in the future, you know that'd be a, that'd be an interesting study to do with a group of kids and to follow their career. Oh, I'd love to. Can you imagine um, the leaders that would come out of that? Yeah, mind-boggling. Yeah, mind-boggling. Yeah, just create awareness and uh, be you know conscious of your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, you observe your thoughts. Or are you going to attach to the negative thoughts that mm-hmm. show up? You know, Absolutely. you can learn to be an observer instead of a reactor, Thank just you. like your mom discussed Thank when you were a child. Right. So where does your mind exist? Where does my mind? Now, Brent, where you is your mind? We doing a multi, you didn't tell me we were doing a testing interview here. I'm kidding. Hey, come um, on, brother. I, I know you our, got this. Our mind's and our soul. Uh, we, we, in my opinion, we've gotten that wrong, too. It's our experiences, um, our mind, our soul. That's our soul. Mm. Uh, I, I have this thing, I've been, and it's not, you've heard the term soul food, right? What we're doing is having some soul food today. We're having a soulful conversation, right? Yes. We're getting out. Of, we're getting out of our our thoughts, um, our experiences, and we're saying, "What if?" Yeah. We're questioning the norm. Right. We're having a soulful conversation. Yep. Um, so the mind, to me, exists in our soul. It is, you know. Hmm. So our experience. Yeah. Um, um, now some would say that it's a spirit. It is a spiritual thing, but I, I think our mind exists from our experiences, um, um, the things that we do daily, our belief, all those things are part of the mind. Part to the me, mind. the mind is soul. The yeah. mind is a soul in my experience. Can you touch or point to the mind? Like, could you touch or feel it? I don't think it's tangible. Well. Let me let me let me kind of let me re, let me kind of say this a different way. This phone came from a thought. Now it's metaphor. Here it is now. It's physical manifestation okay. happens, um, and so yeah, I think the it it will soon take a physical presence. Our thoughts are our mind, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can touch it, hmm. but it starts off with a thought yeah. it's in your mind. Cool. What's the ego? Oh, it gets in our way. <laughs> it gets a, it get in my it gets in my way. But what is it? Wow. You know, there's a I can I can repeat what everyone says. Um, um, basically, getting in God's way. But I think the ego says I know my way is the best way. Um, one of the things, one of the s- I, I can tell you some things that bother me that has to do with ego. Okay. One of the sayings I hear that that it's like taking, bringing those to a chalkboard. Mm-hmm. Brandon's a self-made man. That makes me want to say, please don't say that. Mm-hmm. There's not one man or one woman that's self-made. I think what we're we're struggling with that. Brandon's a self-starter. But Brandon's not a self-made man. Um, that's ego. Yeah. No one's self-made. I know the intent of what they're trying to say, but um, that that word always bothered me because hmm. that's ego. Yeah. 
So self-made man, because um, you, I'd question that if I was you. I do. The way I see the world, but you don't believe that Michael Banks is a self-made man. Well, I believe I'm a starter, self-starter. So who made you? What do you mean who made I was created. I was born. Yeah, you were created by. I was born. Yeah. Okay. Born. Now, when I'm born, um, no one's, you, you take, when it says self-made to me, that's, to me, you're saying there's no human that had any, um, no, no man or woman had anything to do with where you're at today. Oh, I hear you. That's what I'm saying. That's how you put That's it. That's why I see. Oh, yeah. I so hear that. So, in other words, you take all the humans away. Yes. So you you did yes. it on your own. Right. Right. So no. <coughs> I, that's I gotcha. what I'm saying. That's, let me. So clear, I want to clear it up. Yeah. So, so you're saying that? you, <coughs> if I say I was a self-made man, I had no influence by my mom, dad, siblings, or the world. By I did no it by myself. By, thank you. Yeah, that's ego. I hear you. That's ego. That's ego. Yeah. And I hear people. Oh, this yeah. guy was a self-made billionaire. No, he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that that's to me. That's that is ego. So that's where it gets interesting. Is as you say, self-made man, and I put a definition yeah, on it that's completely different than right. your definition. We just experienced ego. Yeah, that was ego. Exactly. That, so we just we just I'm had talking an experience about. with ego. What I'm talking about. Yeah. So we just did. So, so I had to redefine. So well, let me now. Mm-hmm. Ego said to me. Let me explain this, Brandon, what I'm trying to say. You know, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you, we both just experienced what we call as ego. Yeah. Um, um, that's exactly my way is the only way. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because I, um, I would, I would say Michael Banks for you, um, for the journey you've been on and what you've been through in your life, um, that you have become a self-made man with influences. But I believe you get the credit. You've done 99% of it, and yes, you're an influence by the world, but uh, you got to get up and put your shoes on, right? You got to pull your socks on, put your pants on. You got to go to college. You got to have the thought and, and be the man that believes the thought that said, My dad right. said, right. You're going to be a great man. Right. You believed it. Right. You bought that story, mm-hmm. and you've made it come to flourishing. Flourishing. Yeah. I, you know, when you say that, what immediately, what the response I'm having as you're saying that, yeah. Um, I would still challenge what you're saying and yeah. say that I'm a self-starter. Mm-hmm. In other words, my father said this about me, mm-hmm. but if I didn't start and physically engage in what that meant. So I come back now. Here's ego showing up again. Yeah, I no, come back. I and love I, this. I challenge so you by I, saying, we're here. "Yeah," and I say, and I challenge, and we do this in love, right? I challenge yeah. you by saying, "No, I still say self-starter." Yeah. Um, but I, but I can appreciate and really understand what you're saying, right? Yeah. yeah. But I would say I'm a self-starter. I like because that term. Because if if I'm not if I'm not engaging and do what I need to do as an individual, yeah, there's nothing happening. Yeah. And so uh, I can appreciate what you're saying, but I'm saying that I, uh, it's such an egotistical word that I'm prejudiced against that word, I guess. But but I'm a self-starter and I self-start daily. I self-start daily to be responsible and do all these things, but you say it's called self-made, which I get that. But no one one makes themselves. Right. 
and I think that that could be argued on both sides. Yeah, I can see both sides right. of that. Right, because without without my wonderful yeah. clients, right, there would be no body by banks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there would be, but it wouldn't be effective. Yeah. Yeah. And so I get what you're saying. I agree with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, right. but you, but yeah, you're. I think you're responsible though for the right. majority of your success. Sure. You now that's true. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Because because you're the one doing it. Right. You, you got to go out and make it happen. Like I I would just say, hey, right. Michael Banks. Right. As you said earlier, right. you're doing a great job right. of servicing other human right. beings and allowing them, you know, right. to be themselves, mm-hmm. show up, get mm-hmm. fit, helping them with their minds. Like, mm-hmm. good job. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't agree more. And, and thank you, right? Like Absolutely. Say thank you. For Absolutely. Oh, no, I could do better. I could do better. Like, yeah. take some credit. Thanks. Give now, yourself now, some kudos. Now, that, now, that's, that's where, where that's ego where comes from. from. To me, ego, you'll be surprised that ego shows up. Yeah. Even when people think they're not in ego. Mm-hmm. By saying, oh, no, well, that's ego. Yeah. By denying a compliment is ego. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Because you want more, that's victim. Right, thank you. So it, it goes both ways. And so I tell people all the time, hey, look, I used to think that being humble was being a, a doormat. Mm-hmm. Who wants to be around a doormat? Yeah. How can you be effective being a doormat? But I'm the first one to say, thank you. Yeah. Tell me more. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Give it in. So, did we define the ego? Or maybe, is the ego ever beneficial? The ego takes on different... The ego changes throughout the day. Um, ego is subtle, in my opinion. It takes on different characters. Um, even the most humble person is ego. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Um, but I think ego is part of the human experience, yeah. for sure. I agree. Absolutely, for sure. And I don't care what, what side of the coin you're on. We all deal with ego. And I think it's necessary. Absolutely. And I think the ego is there uh, for growth. Thank you. You know what I mean? Thank you. It's pretty good at showing you where you're out of balance. If Absolutely. you're paying attention and if you're aware of your mm-hmm. thoughts, mm-hmm. some of those egotistical thoughts that show up that because mm-hmm. i'd say the ego sh- brings a lot of those stressful negative thoughts but also bring positive to. things too though yeah sure it Both. takes ego to open a business oh yeah <laughs> you gotta have guts. your name on the yeah we yeah, call ego, it guts, but it courage ego. it takes ego to take you right yeah. absolutely yeah i think it so ego is an ongoing moving target right yeah absolutely. yeah uh anything on this planet that's uh that uh that's a big thing that that you failed at, Michael. That affects your life today. Oh my goodness! I you have a big failure that shows up and yeah for you. It's, it was uh, zillions of them, yeah. but I think the main one. I posted something today on social media, and I had a thought middle of the night. Um, truly not. living up to your true potential. I think the, greati- the, the, the greatest regret of mankind as they're coming in the evening of their life, they call it, to know they could have, they didn't do, they were trying to fit in. They weren't living who they truly knew they were. That so to me is regret. Yeah, so is that your 
biggest regret or mankind's? Because I'm just talking to Michael Banks. I'm well, not that talking was to that w- that's been. I think it's mankind, but I think it's Michael Banks as well because yeah. there was times I apologized for who I was. Yeah. I think it's a, it's an ongoing experience. Yeah. The key because we 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 don't want to go into ego or to right. to, to arrogance. Yeah. So we I think we 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 walk that line carefully daily. Yeah. But if there's any thing that as you said earlier, the question again was the one that I just asked. Yeah, yeah well, anything, well, a big thing that you fell that, something huge that you fell that yeah, still affects your life today. Not believing in who I truly was. Yeah, I can't say that I didn't go to, you know, with that, but truly uh, there was times where I should have stood up. Yeah. Um, there was times that um, I should have spoke up. Yeah. But I think we all, we deal with that daily. Yeah. I can't, but everything that's, I have felled that, you know, was I've turned it around. In other words, it's been to developing good character, yeah. right? Because it's humbled me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if I, if you said, is there anything that you felt that, and that is, yeah, knowing that um, um, I, I could have done things differently. I could have, mm-hmm. I could have made someone feel more comfortable, or, yeah. or I couldn't have reacted a certain way. Yeah. But I don't. I don't walk around thinking of all the failures in my life. I realize, hey, we're here for a reason. Um, I try not to live in the past because the past cannot. What we do is that that past can paint your future if not careful. Yeah, if you're sure. not slowly careful about that. So if you consider that, Michael, the um, you take a particular experience in your past and you said, oh, I could have done more. Um, uh, could you have done more in that instance? And again, I say this to give respect. I don't think like that anymore. Yeah. Sure, I mean, I can. Yeah, I should have said hi to. I shouldn't have been so mean to the lady I grew up next to. I would throw yeah. apples at her car. Sure. You know, so, but no, I don't. I don't. I think again, uh, develop mind. We call it the mind gym. Um, I don't. I don't live there. Yeah. I don't look. I don't look back. I mean, sure, I could name a thousand things, but I, there's nothing that. Yeah, that pops. It's up. N- it pops. I don't. It's not the top of my thoughts at all. But when you consider that, just think, just look back in your life, and you th- you had an instance where you thought you could have done more. Mm-hmm. Just just answer this simple question. It's just a yes or a no. Mm-hmm. Could you have done more in that instance? Oh, ab- absolutely. But think about it. Sure. Could you have done more? Because if that's Without the case, it, it, well, the instance. I know we headed with this question now. No. You couldn't have done more. You couldn't have done you more. You couldn't have done more. And so that's where guilt falls in. That's where depression and guilt and people, like, yeah, I know. I have, to slow you, I have to slow you down a little bit over there, buddy. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sharp now. I'm, re- I'm with you. I'm drinking my water. But no, you couldn't have done more. You can't. You, 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 Otherwise, you're a, you would. That's the time. That, yeah. was, that was that time and that experience. And so you're absolutely right. I'm loving this, by the way. Otherwise, you, you see, you, you, if you could have done more back then, you're arguing with reality. Yeah, absolutely. You can't change the past, right? Nope. But if you continue to think you should have done more, mm-hmm. notice how you react and what happens when you believe the thought mm-hmm. with this particular incident mm-hmm. or incidents mm-hmm. that you could have done more. How does it make you feel today mm-hmm. or back then? No, you couldn't have done more. Yeah. Couldn't but how does it make you feel when you think you could have done more? Notice what emotions show up when you believe you think you could have done more. I don't... I don't sing that song. I no. think, okay, I could have done this, but that yeah. was for that time. Yeah. You know, I can't go back and change the yeah. past. Right. And so but I But if I don't you could, 
These are just questions mm-hmm. here again. I'm just asking you a couple mm-hmm. tricky questions here. Oh, I love your tricky questions. Yeah. It's making me think here. Imagine a, can you imagine a situation where in your mind, when I ask you this question, I'm sure you'll have a, uh, an experience show up, but think of a time in your life when you believe you could have done more and you didn't do more. Mm-hmm. What experience shows up? Well, just course. think of one. Well, of course, guilt. Yeah, but um, well, those are the emotions right, that show up. Can you? Emotion. But can you nail down the specific experience? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Can you tell me thirty-second brief synopsis of when you could have done more and you didn't about this particular experience? Yeah, it just happened. What happened? Tell me about it. This is interesting. Glad you. Yeah, I want to hear it. Is it. About three months ago, I was in a coffee shop here in Utah. Yeah, having a cup of coffee. Met some clients. They were there, and her and a girlfriend. Michael, when's your next camp? I go go to my social media, and just kind of follow me, and you'll see the the marketing and blah blah blah. And we traded handles for Instagram, and immediately someone came back, and it was your boyfriend that called me a nice, not so nice word. Yeah. Yeah. He called me an N word. Really? Yeah. Serious. Yeah. Ooh. And That'll make your blood boil a little, won't it? Yeah, oh, man. And so what happened was I had to slow that experience down. And here's where I'm going to be proud of myself. I didn't respond the way he thought I, he thought I would respond or I, the way I would respond several years yeah. ago. Sure. Um, so when you're saying, Michael, can you think of an experience where you wish you could have done better? Yeah. I'm telling you experience, a recent experience where I did do better. Right. And I, and once she knew how her boyfriend and spouse responded because he had the password to her Instagram, mm-hmm. she walked over to the table and I says, look, there's no need to apologize. Um, I apologize that you had to have that experience. Right. Now, after he said, then he came back and said, well, I didn't know it was you. Mm-hmm. I said, what do you mean you didn't know it was me? You saw you saw a black person, a man s- speaking to your girlfriend about coming to a next camp that he's gonna have, and immediately you what you, you experienced what it's called was fear. Yep. And he walked and what well, he wasn't in person with him, but he mm. has really sorry. He says, No, I, I accept your apology, but um you're fearful of something that there's nothing to be fearful of. I walked away from that experience. And I felt good about me. Hmm. Cool. Uh, and that's just that, that was a recent experience. So when you say, can you think of an experience, Michael, where, you know, could that that was the most recent experience that right. was uh, that I was proud of. Yeah. Have there been other experiences where I wish I could have done better? Sure, there was. Yeah. So name yeah. me one experience that didn't have a positive outcome. Um, when you wish you could have done more. I have a sweet neighbor. Yeah. I shouldn't even say that. I hope she's not listening. She's in the eighty. She's my mother's age. My mother's deceased now. But she loves to talk. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I don't want to talk. Yeah. And so um, I said, I really need to slow down and, and really spend some time just talking. Sure. Normally throughout my day, I'm, I'm unfortunately, sometimes I'm real by the time I hate that. And so when I'm, when I'm trying to move and go to the next ex- client or meeting, I'm always moving and going and driving. And so I, I spend every day thinking, I got to get better at this. When someone's approach, when someone approaches me, when I'm in a hurry, I gotta make sure that I make eye contact, and I'm really physically present. Right. And so that's something that I'm work. I continue to work on mm-hmm. because uh, my life is not that important. I don't have time to really spend 
a few minutes with someone. And when I ask you how you're doing, really mean it. Yeah. Really, really mean it. Yeah. And so there you go. Yeah. Uh, being present when I'm rushing with time. In a hurry. Yeah. And if you're rushing with time, you got to be somewhere. It's uh, people like honesty too. My neighbor, exactly. I think the world of you, and I've got a meeting in 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and I'd love to chat with you mm-hmm. later tonight when mm-hmm. I, when I get home, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, uh, who do you admire most on this planet? Wow. Well. And why? I don't need to look at history. I have people that I see daily. I have people that I see daily that I admire most on this planet. These are people that I have relationships with. Yeah. You know, I can name a few names. Uh, my buddy, you know, Carrie, Carrie Nelson. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, this guy, there's a spiritual connection we have. Mm-hmm. But he reminds me of my father a lot. Now, he's my age, so he probably said, don't say that. You know, <laughs> but but um, I admire this man, how he lives his life. Yeah. And I, I, I tend to study people without them knowing it, you know. I think we all do that a little bit. We do, and I intentionally do it. And I melt this guy down. I melt him down to who is this person and what comes back to me every time. Serve. Yeah. This guy serves people like, you, like you've never seen before. And he doesn't talk about it. I make fun of him because his wife, I always tell him, his wife said, your wife is a queen. You know, I give her a hard time. But... Um, that's one guy, and this is someone that I'm daily involved with. Mm-hmm. You know, I can look in history books and tell you someone I don't know. But when you say who do I admire, I admire a person that way who's non-judgmental, who's the first one to, to do something for you. I, I teach a camp. When people walk in that's not familiar, that haven't been through my, he's the first one to greet them and set up their, set up their you know, their workout equipment. Yeah. He's the first one to go grab a cup of water for me if I need one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I look at how this guy lives his life. Friends, I thought I had friends. Yeah. Um, but I would have to say him. I mean, there's stuff with Carrie Nelson. I say him. I see mm-hmm. he raised raised his family. Um, I see how he is with his wife. I mean, that's powerful. Yeah. I mean, I always joke with his wife. I don't think she ever put a, some gas in her car. She's gonna get mad at me for saying this. Yeah. Don't get mad at me, Doc. <laughs> but um, you know, there's my my brothers. Yeah. I have two or three. Bro- all my brothers that I that I'm impressed with. I gotta be yeah. careful. They're they're all great in their own way. Yeah. But when you say who am I impressed with, I have to have that experience daily. Now I can look, I can talk about people that I don't personally know. I've read about that's still living. Yeah. But um, I look at who I associate with daily. Who am I learning from daily? Yeah. Um, my buddy named Bill Guillory, yeah. mentor teacher. Um, impressed with him, how he's, how he lives his life. Yeah. Um, and now I got a couple of friends that may get jealous. I'll mention their name now. Now you got to be in trouble. Yeah. But um, there's a lot of people that I, I that I physically that I have been involved with daily. That I see, I see how they live them. I see how they live their lives. Mm-hmm. That impress me. Yeah. And none of them are perfect. Sure. But at the end of the is. day. Um, the way they serve others is to me that's impressive, yeah. very impressive. Cool. And 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 how they go out of their way, that's what I thrive to be. Yeah. My dad was like that. Awesome. Absolutely. Um, a good thing to do is uh, I, I recommend you write a thank you letter. 
oh, to yeah. one or two or three or four of these individuals. Mm-hmm. And then when you do it, make a copy of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. challenge you. Like, go write a thank you letter to one or one of these human beings or write it to the five <laughs> you mentioned I or agree. two or whatever you want. I agree. But if you do it, I want you to, you know, write the letter, send it to him, but I want you to also make a copy of it. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to share that letter with me. I'm going to show you something about that letter that will blow your mind. I'll do that. So when you write it and you see me at the gym in a week mm-hmm. or two, and if you actually do it, I'll show you. I think they'll all be shocked. Yeah. You yeah. Know, um, I got a friend, in, uh, you know, one of my friends, I hate when you send me your mentor. I said, well, look, call it what you want to call it, but I, mm-hmm. wouldn't be, I wouldn't be hanging with you or having this tight relationship with you if I'm not learning something from you. Sure. We, we're learning from each other. I just happen to call it a mentorship. Yeah. So we can just call it buddies. Right. But uh, I have a lot of people that I've learned from here locally and also, like I said, my brothers, my, my father when he, be, when he was here. Mm-hmm. But uh, the people that I look at daily is people that I'm involved with daily who I see doing things that, and it's not the how much money they're making. It's how they're living their lives. It's how they live their lives. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. What's your favorite movie on this planet? Oh, man, I name a few of them. The first movie that gets me excited, uh, if you build it, they will come. Fill the dreams. Yeah. Dream, fill the dreams. Fill the dreams. dreams. Fill the dreams. Yeah. That was powerful. The meaning behind that. Uh, I love Matrix. You know, have we been conditioned? Oh yeah. yeah. I just watched that recently for the first time a few yeah. months ago. I love a movie called The Shack. It's a good one. You want to talk about religion? Ex- watch That's that a good one. Show. That'll change your mind. Absolutely. About a lot of things. Um, um, the first movie that got me excited about life when I was a kid the Brian song oh you remember I that I think I saw remember that theme song dun, dun. they played at every high school graduation for years yeah Brian Piccolo and Gail Sears that's what got me excited about playing football yeah I, c- I guess I'm talking to you I can visualize me now my dad would always say "Will you come back from the screen I was we had you know the console TV I got my chin on my hand and I'm I'm I'm, yeah, I'm I can touch the TV with my nose, like my dad. Come away from the TV, you know. Yeah. But uh, that that movie did something to me. Huh. Yeah, it was powerful. Yeah, I vaguely remember that movie. I made you. I think I was a little kid when I yeah, saw that. Yeah. Brian's song. Yeah. Brian's song, The Shack, Matrix. Um, a lot of songs. A lot of movies. I love movies. I'll have to uh, revisit that movie. What's your biggest fear? Hmm. What comes to mind right away, um, not risking more, not taking chances, um, not living 50% of my true potential, Um, not taking advantage of opportunities, love, Oh, here we go. Look uh, at that smile uh, on your face. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't open that kind of words. I can see Hook and say, oh, I got him. <laughs> hook, line, um, and sinker. Oh, yeah. I know we're yeah. going to go with that. Now I shouldn't have said that. But That's all um, good. What is your fear about love? Falling out of love. Really? Yeah. You know, but I, you know, I've been reading about this thing called love, and it's, 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 a, it's an action word. Mm-hmm. Um being vulnerable yeah true love to me is complete vulnerability yeah 
and vulnerability to me is strength now. But this is the, these are the things that I've learned the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, vulnerability, mm. yeah, letting people That's know fun. the core of who you truly are, and yeah. trusting someone with your insecurities that they can do it two ways. Mm. They can lock it up and never bring it up. Mm-hmm. Or they can help you through these insecurities with love. Yeah. But I think the biggest fear for me, vulnerability. Yeah. Um, I think I, growing up in a big family the way I did, I always had an extra layer that I didn't let you in. Yeah. I could be the nicest guy in the world to you, but I don't let you in. And it was a, it was more my insecurity. Yeah. What I've learned, it wasn't yours; it was mine. How I felt about me. So until I started loving me, and understanding that my vulnerabilities are my strengths, mm-hmm. different guy now. Different human, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I'm the first one to share my vulnerability with you. Yeah. Huh. But it took a lot of work on understanding my again. I am. Yeah. Um, but I would hear people express yeah. the vulnerability that was on this, a large platform. Yeah. And what I noticed, I was, I was almost like I was, I was in the crowd, and I noticed how people would sit up in their seats because what he, what this, what was the experience these people were having, in my opinion, was this person's like me. They've actually experienced failure or insecurity. And so once I understood that, I said, there it is. If I could be on a one-on-one with you or on a platform of any kind to let people know, hey, I I failed. And by the way, failure is part of the process. We're not taught that as kids. Think about that. Can you imagine? That's why I start my, anyone that takes my camp, I tell you, Michael says the same old thing over and over again. By the way, it's going to happen quick. Yep. By the way, you're going to fail. Gonna fail. And here's how you fail. So can you imagine as a kid, teaching your kid, failure is part of the process. Mm. We don't stop at failure. Yeah. And that creates insecurity. Yeah. So mm. I hope I answered your question there. No, you did. Yeah. Who would you be if you considered, like, uh, who would you be without the thought that uh, the vulnerability is an issue for you? Who would you be without the thought believing that vulnerability vulnerability is uh, scary I'm if I was looking at Michael in the mirror I'm looking at me I'm that I'm beginning to be that person now yeah. so who is that person who would you be without the thought that vulner- vulnerability is scary passionate which I am confident in which I am I'm bold, which I am, love, which I am. And I'm the first one to say, not here, not today, not on my time. And Michael Anthony Banks grew up to be a big boy. There's been several meetings I walked out of. I can recall giving the client his check back. I said, look, if you're going to tell me how to train you, you need to train you. Here's your check. I'm not here for your money. And this is a pretty powerful person that I let him know right away. Hey, wow. The ego stops here. Yeah. My ego counts now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm trying to get you someplace, and you're not going to tell me how to do You can give me some feedback. Sure. 
but as far as coaching me how to coach you, Mm-mm. not here. <laughs> and I'm the I'm the first one to tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that I'm on when I'm on the floor, I'm the best thing God made. Yeah. I'm the best thing. There's no one that does exactly what I do like I, I'm the best at what I do in the yeah. world. Yeah. In the world. You just heard him. There, there, there's Michael Anthony Banks there right there. There we go. That's there's me. the real guy. That's the real guy. But yeah. at the same time, um, it's took trials and tribulation and saying you're better than that. Um, but I'm that person now. I can stand on any stage. You're not going to convince me that I am not worthy of anything. Wrong guy, wrong time, wrong person. Um, and when you have that kind of, to me, it's really self-respect. And it goes back into loving you. Sure. But I'm the first one to say, you're probably right. I didn't look at that. So mm-hmm. it's not to the point where I don't hear what you're saying. Mm. Um, but I'm wise enough at this point uh, just to be able to say, maybe not, or no, or hell no, yeah. not today. Not this person, yeah. not on my watch. Yeah. I'm really bold that way, yeah. and I'm so proud to be that person today. Yeah. So how are you? Uh, how are you vulnerable in specific experiences? Because you are vulnerable, right? Oh, we all are vulnerable. That that's how you learn. Um, yeah. When someone has a skill set, whether it be a personality or relationships or I'm the best student there is. I love to learn. Um, I love the what they call sit at your feet and learn from you. Mm. Um, and to let you know what I don't know. I'm the first one to tell you've heard this saying. If I'm the smartest one in this room, I'm in the wrong room. Absolutely. And so I've been blessed that I have people that are on a treadmill fighting for their lives yeah. <laughs> that I'm able to pick their brain. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've always had the best... I'm in the best situation one could be in. I've, I've trained great minds, yeah. people that's developed great families, great business, and I can tap into that. There's an exchange happening. Mm-hmm. So my vulnerability is my clients. I, I, you know, I, I, they've made me who I am today. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like saying instead of teachers, I call myself a student. Absolutely. Student, Every time right. I sit with somebody, I learn. Absolutely. Right. And you got to put that student head, you know, you put that mm-hmm. student mindset on it. I really want to learn. Yeah. You're open if you're a student. Mm-hmm. If you're teaching, you're kind of closed, mm-hmm. right? Or if you're teaching, you're mm-hmm. answering a question bef- while the person's talking to you. Mm-hmm. You know, my father had another saying, you're able don't answer me before I'm done com- teaching you something. Don't tell me this. Let me get this through your thick skull, <laughs> you know. But no, I love, be- I love being a student. I, that's, I love it. Yeah. That's uh, that Byron Katie that I... That I uh, share often with, but she calls it literal listening, allowing others to finish their sentence or their paragraph before you jump in and, you know, cut them off halfway through the sentence because then you can't hear their mind. And you've actually done a really good job of uh, listening today. You know, lots of well, that's something I practice. Yeah. You know, I, I want to make sure that I'm I'm present. Yeah. I want to make sure where you're trying to take me, I'm following you. I want to make sure to stop you if if I don't if I'm not if I don't believe the way you do, but I, I let you com- I let you finish your thought, and then I'll just share my experience. All we have is our experiences, right? Yep. And I'll share my experience with you as a person. Yeah. 
but I think um, you've heard the saying, we got two ears for a reason, right? Two ears and one mouth. <laughs> That's for sure. No, you you you're a you have a great skill set of listening. Mm-hmm. You're good at it. Not a lot of good, not a lot of good listeners on this planet, in my experience, because I talk to people often. I sit with people one on one all the time, mm-hmm. and listening's a skill. Well, the skill set is being present. Yeah, really sure. being engaged in what the the conversation that's happening between two individuals and. You know, the old question, I, I said this one time, I said to, a lady says, how you doing? I go, do you really want to know? Yeah. She says, I says, no. I said, do you really, really want to know? I said, the reason I'm saying this to you, because I'm the same way. So, and it was a friend of mine. She yeah. says, yeah, I do. I yeah. said, well, it's okay if you don't, because I was I was a person, how you doing? Not really caring how you, Not it was just a way of saying hello. Yeah. Instead of me saying hello, I said, how you doing? Yeah. And thinking, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear anything you just said. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to something where somebody was mentioning, instead of saying, how are you doing? You say, um, are you happy? Mm-hmm. Hi, are you happy? Mm-hmm. Those people off. Yeah, like, what? Mm-hmm. Are you happy? Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't heard that one before. Mm-hmm. I gotta sit in that for a minute. Mm-hmm. Not sure. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing that I do, um, and I ask you to try this, I'm gonna give you a little you know, a little homework assignment yourself, Brandon. Sure. And you've probably experienced this before, but when you say to someone, how you're doing, and I, when I speak, I'll say, here's what people normally say. They'll tell, you, they'll tell you two things, and I don't care where you're at in the world, their age or their energy level. I'm tired. Well, you know I'm 40. Mm. No, I didn't ask you how old you were. Yeah. How are you? Well, you know, I'm getting old. No, I didn't ask you that. How are you? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm just tired. T- I'm just, you know. Yeah. How do you feel? Yeah. Were you tired? Yeah. And so that's something I've tried to pay attention to, and I stop people. How are you doing? Well, you know, Mike, I'm getting old. Yeah. So, well, no, we, that's part of the experience. We're all getting older, but how are you doing, you know? But that's something that's interesting yeah. to try that on for an experience. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I love it. And I learned to listen. To, and then I say to myself, listen to what they're going to say. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. yeah, it's pretty funny. Try that. Good question. Anything you're real passionate about or curious that you're researching at the moment? The mind. Just the mind? Mind. Trying to figure out the mind. Sounds like me. Yeah. The mind is, um, I don't think if you ever, f- I don't think we ever figured out. We try to understand it. To me is to me. The goal is not to figure it out. The goal is to understand why. The goal to understand: Are you stuck in your subconscious thoughts, or are you conscious? Of what's happening? Um, that to me has been a big part of my reading, experiencing, um, because and also what we're saying to ourselves. Because whatever I'm saying to myself. I'm reflecting by just simply saying hello or shaking your hand. And because of what I do for a living, um, I love being on. Even when I'm not on, I love being present. Mm-hmm. So that's been something I've, I've actually read and studied, and it's been, it's been pretty amazing to, to, again, learn about that and to understand we are sub- we, we're basically a total of our subconscious thoughts, period. Mm we say to ourselves yeah pretty cool. powerful cool um anything that i didn't ask you today that you want to discuss at all 
No, I think you've uh, done a good job. Um, you know, I was, when you were introducing yourself, I didn't know that you had the experience, you said, with depression a while Oh, back. yeah, depression, anxiety. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, uh, it was severe, crippling. Right, right. And so that was something that I, again, being present and listening to you, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I had a uh, haven't really ever shared this. I'm I'm actually going to do some podcasts where I get interviewed so that the world sure. can kind of sure. hear my situation. But uh, I went for probably two or three years of suicidal thoughts, struggled getting out of bed. Uh, mm. I mean, I remember showing up at the gym. I didn't want to talk to anybody. Mm. I was so depressed and so down mm. that I could barely like function normal. You know, and I say this often. If you come to my class, I tell the story once every few months because I don't like to share it a whole bunch. But uh, I thought I had brain cancer because I was so sick I couldn't even function. Hmm. But what I was doing was believing my negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. And they just overwhelmed me. Mm -hmm. I'd get out of bed and my first thought was negative and mm -hmm. my second and my third and my fourth and my fifth. Mm -hmm. And my entire day was shot mm. the second I opened my eyes. I'd wake up in the morning and start dry heaving. Because I was afraid of the world, what's going to show up today. And it was mostly my uh, current job. I owned a company for 18 mm -hmm. years that I sold three years ago. Mm -hmm. um, but just dealing with uh, humans and individuals that were unrealistic, would put expectations on you like, hey, I need this. I need it next week. Well, I'm sure. like, dude, I can't get that for six weeks. Well, I got to have it next week. Sure. Well, why didn't you order it six weeks ago? Sure. And then I'd put the pressure on me. I'm mm -hmm. somewhat of a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't perform for humans exactly how they, I thought that I should be performing, I mean, I would beat myself up. Mm. I mean, I'd beat myself till I was black and blue mm. in the mind. Mm. And so I got to a point where I, I didn't want to exist mm. here any longer. Mm. And so that's when I kind of started, you know, shifting and went on this journey and went and did a, a worksheet with my mom, which is mm -hmm. these Byron Katie worksheets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's where you go and write down your stressful thoughts. Mm -hmm. Literally, it, well, two worksheets, and it flipped my world. Literally flipped my entire world. Well, I'm I impressed with what it. you've done with it. So I mean, look what's come out of that. Yeah. Look yeah. how many people that you're are helping through that journey. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times we have these experiences in life, and we were anointed, if you will. Yeah to be able to speak truth and experience to other people because every human being has some sense of depression. Yeah. Not feeling apart or trying to fit in. And um, that's why I've always learned to, l I love a person that tells you what they think. Yeah. I respect that. Yeah. And I've always wanted to be that powerful man. My father was that guy. Yeah. And so, um, but look at what you've done with it. Yeah. So I applaud you for doing that. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's all part of the journey, right? Amen. That's what I say. Where have you failed? Well, I think, you know, I look back and I'm like, well, three years I didn't want to get out of bed and right. I wanted to die. Right. I feel like I f was failing at life. Right. But then I, you know, look at myself today and I'm a completely different human being. Mm -hmm. I've changed mm -hmm. 180 degrees. Like I see the world different. I see my wife different. I mm -hmm. see my kids different. I have different relationships with everybody I come in contact with. I'll sit and talk to an 80-year-old woman at the grocery store for 30 minutes, and I am in love mm -hmm. during that whole conversation. Mm -hmm. Five years ago, I don't want to sit and talk to anybody for 30 minutes about mm -hmm. anything their day. Right. I could barely 
<laughs> you could barely talk to it. myself sure. for two minutes. Sure. So, it, yeah, it was a powerful experience, and it was necessary sure. for me to find myself. And sure. so I'm just on this personal, you know, journey of finding myself, who I am, you know, finding out what my I am is, mm-hmm. who am I. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm still working on it, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting closer, you know. But it's, it's a beautiful experience. Sure it is, because I, you know, one of the things you said earlier is there's something that I didn't ask you, and now that you said that, I've been working with this this term, this thing called transcending. Now, in my world, matter of fact, my first DVD series was called Total Transformation. It was a buzzword. We all use it, right? But then I started thinking one day, what does it, what does it mean to transform or to change? Like, I look at you based on your experience and based on the conversation we're having, you are a transcending individual. My definition of transcending is continue to have paradigm shifts in the way you see yourself first and the way you see the world. And to me, it's funny, you s- it's interesting you said that, not funny, that you've been, you, you're experiencing this, 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 this transcending experience. Transformation, I've always said transformation is a destination. Change is reversible. But I think if you, only, if you look at it, there's only probably, I'm guessing, one creature that experiences what I call transformation. And that's a caterpillar to the butterfly. They're different species. The only way human can experience a caterpillar to a butterfly, what I call trans- transformation, is through thought. Mm-hmm. And so... Again, I applaud you because I just learned something from you that I'm sitting in front of someone who's not exp- experiencing change because change to me is irreversible. Not experiencing transformation because transformation is destination. You said earlier that you're starting to find you and you're taking time to make eye contact with people and you love getting in conversations. To me, that's a paradigm shift in the way you see yourself. And also, how you live in your life—it's beautiful. Yeah. So again, mm. yeah, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't change it for the world. I've mm-hmm. had some crazy experiences on this planet. I remember, uh, just briefly, I was in an avalanche about, I don't know, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I was buried, snowmobiling. Wow. And I remember a guy came in my office one day, and he he said, "What's that picture?" I says, ah, "I was buried in an avalanche, and you know, I was buried for two or three minutes, and." Uh, can't even remember my thoughts. That's going to be on another podcast one day. It's really sure, good sure. experience. But guy walked to my office and said, "Hey, you know what is that picture? It was me and down in the hole of actually another guy was buried too, about 15 mm-hmm. feet deep, and mm-hmm. I was just buried, you know, a couple feet deep. But I said, oh, I, you know, I set off an avalanche and buried this guy 15 feet deep, and he was he was uh, buried for about 15 minutes and survived, and he was wow. 12, 15 feet under." solid mm. packed in there mm. anyway so i got a picture on my desk of me in the hole you know and he's like what's that oh i was buried in an avalanche me and another guy blah 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 and he's like and you survived and well yeah, obviously i'm sitting here and he <laughs> says you're gonna do something in this world mm. mark my words mm. you are gonna do something young man and i'm like really he goes yeah I'm like, thanks and uh it's interesting to look back on that experience and look where I'm at today and that, it, you know, I meet with humans one-on-one all the time and having amazing experiences and discussions and 
you know, learning a lot from them and hopefully they're learning a lot from me, but it's, it's weird where you go on this planet. Do you think that was the beginning of this trans- transcending thing? That was no, I was a, I was a, uh, I was an adrenaline junkie for years. No, when the guy spoke to you. That no, because okay. that was uh, maybe five years after the fact, so okay. that was probably okay. ten years ago. I still wasn't there. Okay. Uh, my turnaround was uh, it was either you know bite a bullet or or shift. You know, mm. I got out of bed one day and said I can't do this another day. Mm. Called up my mom and said I've had enough. Checking out. Yeah. So yeah. she said, Well, let's grab a worksheet. Just trust me. I've been doing this for thirty years. And I said, All right, I'll try one. I don't think it's going to work, but I'll try one. Mm. Flip literally overnight. I was a new man. Wow. Overnight. So, anyways, with that, so you being do believe said, people can change. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. But sure. I didn't believe before that. Sure. Sure. You know, I said, Oh no, people don't change, and I hear it all the time. I had a conversation. I had a bunch of people at my house the other night and discussed the uh, a topic, and it was really interesting. Well, oh, people don't change. People don't change, and I just sit and listen. Sure. You know, I'm a pretty good listener now. Sure. And uh, I'm here to tell you people change. Absolutely. I mean, and, and, and for those of you that are out there, you know, thinking there's no light at the end of the tunnel, I'm here to tell you there is because I was as bad as it gets and, and, uh, and I survived. So that's why I started this podcast, too, is let people know there's a way out. Mm-hmm. You know, you just you just got to find your way. But there is a way out. I experienced hell for four years, literally hell every day. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think hell only exists in the mind. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it's a place. Mm-hmm. It's a mindset. Mm-hmm. And so now I experience heaven mm-hmm. 75% of the time, and every mm-hmm. once in a while the ego or the hell or mm-hmm. something, I'll have a negative thoughts, and I'll mm-hmm. dive in there, and I just know I got a little more work. I'm not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think the ego shows up to show you where you're off, mm-hmm. and then I like to question the ego. When I question the ego, I realize he's just trying to get me back in balance, mm-hmm. So, which mm-hmm. is kind of what this is all about, you know, the mind. What do you do to exercise the mind? I, I do worksheets. I read. Mm-hmm. I go to the gym. Mm-hmm. I have wonderful conversations with humans. I'm honest. I'm fair. Mm-hmm. I'm loving. Mm-hmm. That's how I take care of my mind. Absolutely. And it's a daily practice. And it if you is. don't practice, oh. you lose it. Mm-hmm. No different than playing golf, right? Absolutely. Tiger Woods, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you're not practicing a couple hours a day. You're going to lose your game. So I practice a lot. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's about it. Um, where could people, if they want to contact you, you have an email or something they could email you? Know, you know, I, I social media, just Body just by Banks. Body on by Banks. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Contact me. And um, cool. this has been uh, pretty spectacular. Thanks. Yeah. You I know, enjoyed it. We spent some time to get to know each other. Yeah. We had a soulful conversation. Soulful experience, brother. Soul food. It's what it's about. That's exactly what it's Connections about. Connections with human beings. Absolutely. Be with the one you're with, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That That's love to me. That's love. That's love. And being present, right? Mm-hmm. When you're w- with the one you're with, mm-hmm. you're present. Mm-hmm. Right here, right now. Mm-hmm. So thanks for uh, your time, Michael. And uh, I know you got a busy schedule. Uh, love that you took time on a Friday to spend three hours with me. Mm-hmm. You're the man. Thank you. Love your energy. Love you, bro. Thank you. Love you, too. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Minds Gym podcast. Uh, I got one exercise uh, you can do to strengthen or open and understand your mind. Today, I'm going to give you one little tip that I uh, use often. It's called box breathing. If you want to Google it, but it's uh, breathing through your nose, holding it, breathe in slowly, hold it for five or ten seconds at the top, and then let it out slowly. 
uh, hold it at the bottom for five or ten seconds and then breathe in again. I do this 10 or 15 times when I notice myself getting a little anxious or nervous or something's out of balance. Uh, it's a quick breathing technique that slows down your central nervous system. Uh, it helps uh, to calm my mind and uh, my nervous system, so give that a thought. And thanks again for listening. I appreciate you uh, listeners um, for listening. Uh, we've had some amazing uh, feedback, and uh, this thing is growing and building. Can't thank you guys enough. And uh, just here again, understand your natural state of being is peace and love. And if you're experiencing any negative emotions, you're out of that natural state of mind. So uh, when you're out of your natural state of mind, uh, you got to start questioning it or do whatever works for you uh, to get out of it. But as I love to say, we're twins and we're uh, all one here. We're all share sharing similar thoughts. So I'm in you and you're in me. And so now go and save your lovely self. If you want to contact me, you can reach me at themindsgym at gmail.com or on the Instagram at themindsgympodcast. I want to thank you all again, and peace and love to you all, and go exercise your lovely mind. Peace out. Thank you, Michael.